the story is me. I got involved with the Russian mafia when I was 22, and we robbed a train. You're still on. scared about the Russian mob or no? No, I think I've heard good things. Exactly. I went opening weekend when you did the movie Ben and Matt Have Wings. Dogma. Dogma. Um, I Please watch- don't watch my movies on silent because you'll turn them off. I watch them in silent out of respect for your character. <laughs> nice. Class. Excellent pull. 100%. My movie, The Machine, is in theaters this weekend. You can go to themachine.movie to get your tickets. On Thursday the 25th, we'll be doing a limited live stream from the red carpet that'll air roughly 30 minutes before the movie starts. So like I said, go to themachine.movie and see if there's a theater near you that's holding the live stream. But on the 26th, the 27th, and 28th is its wide release. Please, I think you're going to love this movie. It is unexpected. It is funny. There is action. There is killing. There is drugs. Mark Hamill snorts coke. Let me tell you, I promise you, this is going to be a movie you like. So go to the machine.movie, get your tickets, and I'll see you at the movies. Enjoy the episode. Hey, guys. Brand new episode of Two Bears, One Cave. And Tom looks good. You lost weight. I did, man. I really, well, it's Christina, right? She's yeah. got me on the treadmill. And, uh, you know, I knew her before I met him. For real? Yeah. There was a, like, I want to say five, maybe shit at this point because of the pandemic. It might have been 10 years ago. We did a pilot. I was doing a pilot for a show um, called uh, Tonightly. And so they, co- they, they didn't know who to pair me up with as a co-host. Yeah. Um, I did a, a, a version of the show with Ralph Garman and then they were like, let's pair you up with women. And the guy who, who created it was the guy who created the Ellen DeGeneres show yeah. and TMZ. So he created TMZ, that show, the oh, that show, that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, uh, TMZ needs a companion show for like six 30 at night. And he was like, I think it could be you. And so one of the people that I did a pilot wa- with was Christina, who was absolutely wonderful. And again, this is going back like 10 years. She's I, better than Tom, years. arguably. I, you know, I was on Tom's show. What, was it your mom's house? Yeah. And she wasn't there. Ugh. And I, tell me that's about called it. Tom, what a that, fucking letdown. That's no. called Tom Talks or Tom Talks in Espanol and no one watches those. He was absolutely delightful. <laughs> um, but, but I, you know, I was walking in there looking for the friendly and didn't find her. And then I was like, well, I, now I got to fucking make it work with her husband. But I can make it work with anyone. Let right? me let me ask you a question. Yeah. It, does it hurt your feelings when close friends of yours don't come to your movie premieres? Yes, of course. Yep. Okay. Of course. I, I, are, are we are going to talk about We're Ben Affleck well, right away? Because that's, oh, that's who comes to mind. I would love to talk about Ben Affleck, but first, <laughs> if you ca- keep calling him Ben Affleck, I, I will happily talk about him all. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, like when Ben was doing um, uh, uh, Arm- Armageddon. Yeah, uh, I gotta say a name that everyone hates. So clench your assholes. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, the former chairman of Miramax, a rapist. Harvey Weinstein. I'm dying to talk about him. Harvey too. Weinstein. Put Harvey Weinstein. Put Ben Affleck. Would in, would call it Armageddon. That that was and and we really? were all like, does he is he saying it on purpose or does he not know that it's pronounced Ar- Armageddon? Yeah. Now that being said, least egregious thing the man ever fucking did. Let's yeah. be honest, right? What there. make Armageddon? I'm sorry, I brought the room down. No, 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 by, no, no, by no. Mispronouncing Arm Armageddon. I jokingly said to the my daughter downstairs, I go where well, I was talking about you, and I said, yeah, he worked. He they worked with Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein still owes him money. It does and then I said, you know, maybe I'll say like. You know, a lot of people talk bad about Harvey Weinstein, but what were some of his good traits? <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a short podcast. <laughs> was he really a cunt? Even even not knowing all the horrible shit, yeah, which we didn't. Like, you know, and I, some people were like, "How how could you have not known?" It's like 
I didn't. I fucking saw the dude when we made a movie. Yeah. Um, it's not like we palled around or something like that. But even given all that shit, not knowing that shit, he was pretty horrible. Really? Yeah. One time he he uh, here. This is like here's a story I don't think I've ever told. Ready? So. I made this movie called Zach and Mary Make a Porno. Yeah, with Seth, Seth Rogen. With Seth Rogen, uh, who's wonderful in the fucking yeah, movie. Yeah, he's fucking, he's awesome. Dude, I'm, uh, put down Hollywood. Put down Hollywood. Keep going. Put down Hollywood? No, right no, away. no, 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 no. Hollywood sucks. No, I want to bring run back. by. I hung out with Arnold Schwarzenegger today, and I, and I, and I. Was he here? No, no, no. We went and worked out at Gold's Gym. Together? For, together, yeah. For promoting, a bit, or? promoting my movie, The Machine. Yeah. Is he in it? And no, and no, uh, I'm, I'm cutting off. He's got a TV show on Netflix called Fubar, and so we're doing like a cross promotion. And I gotta, I was, I gotta, after we're all done, you got to tell me how to be successful. This dude, is fucking dude, nuts. you are a legend. I, you have are you shown people the fucking legend. hat collection? No, my hat game's sick. Can I just tell people like I, I don't want to tell tales out of school, but I come to the, like this really nice fucking house in the valley. Meet Bert's entire fucking family, and then find out it's not his family estate. That's somewhere else, and yeah. it's fucking eighty-eight acres. This is just where he works. You are doing shit right. Well, I I got I got really lucky a couple times. It I got ain't really luck. lucky it's, a couple it's, times. It's talent and fucking. Arnold skill. said the same thing. He goes, "It's it's when your your prep, preparation meets opportunity." I mean, if you want to use pithy bullshit, you can yeah. pull off the internet. <laughs> yes, then Arnold's right. But it's absolutely right. Put pithy he's, in. he's absolutely. I want right. to talk about Hollywood and what it. What it Why used do you keep to be like, that way? Oh, know, so yeah, is yeah, that yeah, your it's prompt? Because usually we write them at the front when we do two bears, but that's just in case we want to pull something up on the internet. I also want to point out for the folks at home, you have a fucking team of at least 12 people working on this podcast. I've been yes. podcasting since 2007. Yeah. You know who my team is? Fucking me. Also, <laughs> you have cameras, which I guess is now Dave Rigor in the world of podcasts. Yeah, it's got to be. When I started, it was all you, audio. You started, you started, hold on, don't let me forget Zach and, and Miri. We'll get back but, to it. Um, the, you started the podcast game. Like you, Rogan, Mark, oh, uh, like bro, you guys. With, that, with all due respect, I'm pre-Rogan and pre-Mark. You were the first. You, you I'm were not going to say I'm the first. The first Smodcast. is Adam Curry is the pod father, yes. oddly and, enough. Um, when I started, I was doing Smodcast, like the top 10 in the podcasting world was This Week in Tech with Leo Laporte, uh, The Happy Tree Friends, which was an animated like cartoon podcast, uh, Bill Maher's After Time, like whatever he did for after, real time, yeah, they yeah, would yeah. do an After Time or whatever. So it wasn't even a dedicated podcast. It was just something they shot and put up there. And there was no Mark. There was no Nerdist. There was no Joe. I remember when Joe Rogan hit me up and was like, hey, man, is Fleshlight a real thing? Should I use them as a sponsor? And I was like, number one, they are a real thing. Number two, like, you'll get free Fleshlights <laughs> at the very least. They sent me a box of 14 Fleshlights, and I used them all. My, yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's a way to say it. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. Them I fucked them. I fucked them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they were. I, 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 just told, I just had a, me, a meeting with, like, Business Weekly, and they were trying to, they were, I was trying to explain how I run my business. business. Weekly, yes. And I said, everything we work with, Liquid Death, Olipop, everything we work with is something I enjoy. Yes. And so that's how we get there. And I go, I think it started with the flashlight. I remember Rogan going like, everyone was like, you shouldn't use the flashlight. It's not a great sponsor. It's going to, and, and then I said, I said to Joe, I said, so you're really going to use them? And he goes, have you fucked one yet? I said, no. And he goes, Fuck one, yeah. and then I was like, "Hey man, can you get them to sponsor my?" Podcast? I honestly <laughs> felt like that was the great equalizer. Like, I'm, I'm not, I ain't getting into a gender war here, but yeah, women have had vibrators since the fucking turn of the century, or since washer machines existed and shit, and there was never anything for the man. And suddenly, this was a game changer. Where it's like, 
Now I have something to bring into my marriage. It's yeah. like, you want to keep yours right there? I'm going to keep mine right here. But I was ever too embarrassed to use it in front of my wife because it does kind of look goofy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Why well, I, I see videos, I've seen porns of, of girls doing it to their guy, and I'm like, that, that makes no sense. I've never seen that. I've Let's seen go back to the Business Weekly of it all. Um, fuck, you're doing it right. No, I'm not. I mean, guys are doing <laughs> it. This is no, I'm, 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 I'm doing it on a I very was small When scale. I was on fucking your mom's house. They also have a facility. Well, I'm really lucky that I'm friends with Tom and Joe, and so I, I've kind of been, I, I've been able to like kind of uh, s- scoop off of them and realize what they've done that I've liked. Like I never liked the but renting a place, and renting a warehouse. But both Tom and Joe are like swear by it. I right. like owning the house. I want to own the property. So you own this house? Yeah, I own this house. And Jesus then Jesus Christ. And then, uh, but from I from podcasting. From podcasting, and yeah. also but the stand up. But stand-up do you feel though, yeah. the do you feel the podcasting and the stand up went hand in hand? For example. I thought in 2007, when, when I started podcasting, I thought I was brilliant because I was like, I figured out a business model where you record a free show and then that makes people show up yeah. to see your show when you're in town. And I thought that was the end, the mm-hmm. end all be all, be all yeah. end all. And then I never even considered advertising until somebody like I was like, podcasting's free. And then one day, like a year into it, my business manager was like free for everyone else the server costs are fucking killing you. And I was like, what's that? So at that point I was like, I have to get money for this somehow other than me performing live. That's why I reached out to Flashlight. They had sent me a very lovely letter after Zach and Mary make a porno, which we'll get back to, um, saying, because we featured it in the movie, they were like, hey man, if you ever want to do like a Kevin Smith mouth Fleshlight, which I was way into, the idea of like, oh, fuck my mouth, yeah, I'm Kevin yeah. Smith. Uh, they were like, reach out to us and we'll do it. And so I reached out to him to be like, hey, we do a podcast and, and there are server costs and stuff. So would you like to be like our Geritol? Remember like 21 yeah. that, uh, you know, on Quiz Show? It's like they had a sponsor. Geritol sponsored the whole thing. I was like, we need a sponsor. And we're never going to get like fucking Pampers or Wonder Bread. But I was like, this fuck toy company seems like a good fucking fit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell I hope you know the whole story. Do you know the whole story? Because if you don't, you're going to want to put one? a gun in your mouth. I, I already do. Walked the, into this place, so the guy, met the, your lovely family, saw the, your staff of 100, and so, I was like, I'm I'm doing life completely fucking you know wrong. The, you know the guy that reached out to you about doing flashlights? Yeah, yeah. Aubrey? Yeah. Well, him and Joe started a company. You know that, right? No. On it. So Joe, so you, <laughs> I mean, this is like, this what is com- like. What do they sell? Hold on. So Aubrey's like, Aubrey's a, a badass dude, right? He gets the flashlight. He reaches out to you. You introduce him to I Joe. I reached out to him. Yeah, yeah, right. You reached out to him. About being a sponsor. But they you, did write you me You set nice him letter. up with Joe. Yes. He meets Joe. Yes. And then he says to Joe, would you like to start a supplement company? And That's Joe right. said, yes. They started a supplement company that just sold for like $900 million. Oh, my God. I'm, you're right. I do, <laughs> do you have a gun? That's, that's like, you have every, I, I, I In your hat collection? May I? Is there a hat? <laughs> no, but, a gun under a hat that but I can like, borrow? No, but I think. You know, you're going to send me back into a mental health no, facility here's hearing what, that. We're talking about that today. Write that down. <laughs> the, you're, but you're the, you're, your thing is, my dad one to- time told me I wanted to open a bar called Rickshaws. And where it had Rickshaws, it would be like on Ventura. You'd see like five Rickshaws. And our deal, and it was called Rick. And then Shaw's, but it was, Jeez. but it was, and the idea was if you live within a uh, half a mile, we'll pick you up in a rickshaw and take you home in a rickshaw. That is fucking brilliant. Okay. And so my dad, I'm not even a drinker or a bar guy, but I could see the value. In my that. dad goes, buddy, uh, God didn't give you a ton of skills. So like, <laughs> don't think that just cause you got successful stand up, you can start opening bars. He goes, stay in your lane. Oh my God. What and, a fatherly piece of advice. Yeah, he's like, is. he's like, I don't want you to, but like I, I've done some business stuff, but it's all within stand up. It's all within stand up right. or podcasting. And for us, for us, podcasting was for me and, and Joe and, and Tom, it was 
social, an extension of social media to get right. people to shows. Yes. And I think people specifically come out, I know for a fact, because of this show right here yes. and Burtcast, that is why they come to my shows. That's how the podcast Hollywood Babylon that I did do, I still with do Ralph. with Ralph Garden, Garman. Um, Ralph's a great guy. Amazing Ralph's fucking a great dude. fucking guy. Um, and Jay and Silent Bob get old, like in the early days, the heady early days of podcasting, filled our audiences like oh, every yeah. damn night. Oh, was, they were, Smodcast was like, like it was the OG podcast. When you started a podcast, you went, you went, you went and listened to you guys, and and it was just fucking. It was, and you know what you get for that? Like not even bragging. Yeah, but how did you? How did you avoid? How did you avoid getting? How sponsors? did I avoid success and money? Like, like you, you should have millions of of dollars coming in. I should for the podcast alone. You, you're really rubbing it in. I'm no, doing, but no, I'm, but like I'm, I'm just. <laughs> Like I, I, I will say this. Can you the, find a different way the, to say it? But because you're absolutely right, <laughs> I should, but I don't. You need more Tom in your life. You I should, guess. You is should, he I'm, is he the business guy? He's definitely. Well, I will tell you, we have a business together. This one, and then we run separate businesses. Um, but he's so I, mellow. I, I will tell you when I lost my job at Travel Channel, and this is a story everyone's heard a million times. But keep it in. I'll take it. When I lost my job at Travel Channel, uh. I, I called him and he him and Joe and and he said to me, buddy, we're, at the time he's like, I'm gonna get you over fifty thousand downloads per episode consistently, and once you get there, I can get you funding. I can get you introduce you to a ad sales team, and they can get you sponsors. And I made more money on that episode of the podcast than I did for Travel Channel, and I wasn't paying an, ma agents and managers, mm. and I was blown away. And I went motherfucker i'm doubling down like this is this is the business model because i don't have to pay agents and managers and it's an hour of something i fucking truly love, love. to do exactly. i love doing my we are, we are on the second floor right so i could yeah. hurl myself out the window and fucking I, maybe but, i don't need a gun but tom i'm being dead serious and tom i'm being dead serious tom will a hundred percent be like let me help you you know it's what we excel in is very different things right but watching his brain work like he, we were doing live streams during the pandemic and we were selling tickets and it was like, it was, I mean, just astronomical business mm. and it changed the game. I mean, at one point Tom was like dealing with a company and then he was like, fuck it, I'll make my own company. And he built his own, he's really is, but him and Joe are like double down on yourself guys, like put the money on yourself. I believe in that, but I, I've, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what well, I've done wrong. No, you, I nothing, don't have nothing. a second house fucking, to podcast. You make at. awesome fucking movies. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You're very sweet. You, yes, you let's do. just leave it out. I make movies. <laughs> you make fucking awesome fuck. You are the you were the turn of the change in Hollywood. You were the breath of fresh air. You and fucking uh Witchcraft in the Woods, whatever it was called. Blair Witch. Blair Witch <laughs> Blair Witch. I like your fucking title better. Witchcraft in the Woods yeah. is pretty hot. Somebody <laughs> put that on the board and, <laughs> like, and trademark and uh, copyright that. Uh, the the uh, two brothers and their friend rob a bank. What was that movie? Two brothers and their friend rob a bank in Texas. What was the name of that movie? That was like all was the fucking Owen brothers. Like, oh, oh, uh, Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. That is your title for Bottle Rocket. I'm, I'm Two brothers gonna, and yeah. their friends rob a bank yeah, in Texas. Right? And that was the was it about. I had a hard time. Saying I mean, I guess that's more of a synopsis than a title. But once again, that title's better than Bottle Rocket. But you guys that sells changed, the movie. What the fucking Bottle Rocket? You said? guys changed Hollywood. You oh, changed yeah, Hollywood. Sweet. You but you know you did. I mean. I'm telling can I, you. Can I, uh, here, I'll show you why I'm not su successful. Because instantly what I'd want to do is correct the whole bottle rocket thing. You know, they had studio help. Did they? Oh. <laughs> they were fine. Uh, Jim Brooks. 
James really? L. Brooks, yeah. who had Wait, done like fucking James L. Brooks did broadcast airplane? news and shit. No, yeah. that's that's Jim Abrams. Okay, uh, who'd done broadcast news and 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 uh, fucking the terms of endearment. Yeah, he saw a short they did, and he got behind them and backed them to the tune of five million dollars. Wow. Okay. So well, so now rather out? than play like the game where I'm like, yeah, the Wilson brothers. Instantly, my fucking my integrity jumps in, and I have to fuck myself and, and shoot myself in the foot by being like, "Well, technically, they did not do what we did, but they didn't." What's uh? What's the? This is why Tom Segura won't help me. No, this is. I'm telling you, I'm. You, you're I'm gonna... being facetious, but at the same time, when I saw that wall of hats out there, I was like, I have failed oh. in my podcast. <laughs> Dude, endeavors. I'll get you hooked up with hats. Well, I mean, I got hats, but it's I know, like I got you have you have a, a separate house for podcasting that has wall space enough to just hang a fucking collection of hats that looks like a work of art that belongs in MoMA. My, thank you, my thank you, my wife, my my business your, manager. Your wife did that. Not my you. wife did it. Yeah. That is fucking phenomenal. You married up, my friend. I know. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, more like, wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. We use Mint Mobile at the office, and we have been saving so much money since switching over, and setting up on Mint Mobile's website was super easy. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bears. That's mintmobile.com slash bears. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bears. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 per month. New customers on first three months plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Is your beer fridge feeling a little empty? DoorDash is your door to beer without the run. Whatever drink you're in the mood for, they've got you. Order your alcohol with DoorDash today and drink in the savings. Use code BEARS24 to get 25% off, up to $15 value on a $35 minimum subtotal on your next alcohol order for eligible users only. I mean, there's like sometimes you just don't want to leave. That's me. Once we're at a spot and we're hanging out, I just don't want to leave. And now you don't have to. The alcohol selection on DoorDash is top shelf. Beer, wine, mixers, mocktails, and more can be delivered straight to your door. Save up to 25%, up to $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code BEARS24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Terms apply, must be 21 or older to order alcohol, drink responsibly, delivery and promotions available only in select markets. Okay. She bought a penny stock though. Like when she met me, she bought a penny stock uh, and it has fucking split and doubled and split and doubled. <laughs> no one saw that fucking the happening. Ma- there, there's the, you've written some books, right? You've, yeah, you I wrote a book, book, yeah. So you've definitely, the next book should be like, uh, I was a, a human penny stock. <laughs> I was a rescue or dog. Or it could be two brothers who rob a bank in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> AKA you, Bottle Rocket You two. were a part of that whole fucking thing. Brother, That's the coolest. A part of it? Yeah. I laid the track, son. No, here, here's no, who you laid did. the track. You did. Here's who laid the track. The pre- person I followed was Rick Linklater. He oh, did Slacker, dude. and that made me go like, "Oh my god!" Like I'd never thought about making a movie. I'd only ever thought about watching him. When I saw Richard Linklater Slacker, I was like, 
this counts as a movie? Because if that's the case, maybe I could make a movie too. So they're always, you know, in order to be it, you got to see it first. And I saw him. And so he, to me, will always be the father of all this. Did now, you, did when, I, when I made Clerks, right, at the end of Clerks, there was a dedication that said, for Richard Linklater, Hal Hartley, uh, Spike Lee, and Jim Jarmusch, who led the way. And Ileana Douglas, who's an actress. And, no, I know and she know was. Ileana. She's the chick that got her fit bit, bit faced, face, face bit in uh, Robert De Niro's movie, yes. Guy, Guy That Laughs yes, Loud in a Movie Kate Theater. Yeah. What is the title Guy of that Guy That Laughs Loud in a Movie Theater. Genius. So um, she... <laughs> She's such a genius. Uh, there's a whole book. You can sell a whole book on alt titles. Um, Ileana Douglas told me this amazing story early in my career where she was at this point, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school, but she was dating Martin Scorsese back then. So I went out to lunch with her and Scott Mosier, my producer and, and her producer and stuff. And her, she told me, she was like, well, me and Marty watched Clerks and I, I just stopped her dead. And I was like, Martin Scorsese? watched clerks this is in 1994 like that was fucking everything and she goes yeah and i was like what did he say and she's like well he waited till the end of the movie and at the end of the movie she's like you dedicate the movie to jim jarmer spike lee hal hartley and richard linklater and said for leading the way and she said the only thing he said was yeah they led the way because <laughs> he was a part of the easy rider red bull uh, era era <laughs> Or no, Easy Rider. You trying Rider, to get sponsorship from these Easy, fuckers Easy, as well? This Easy, isn't enough. This isn't enough. You're like Red Bull. Easy Rider, it. Red Bull. Easy, or Easy Rider, Raging Bull. Still a better title yeah. right there. Um, he, well, I mean, he, there's a guy who, he, indie film before there was indie film. Yeah. Absolutely. How much did you spend on Clerks? 27575 bucks. Probably about as much as you'll make from doing three live reads. Shut Am I right? Up. Am I close? How much did you get for a live read now? Sub. Don't look around. No, just gonna, the answer. No, it, put it on the board. How much? Look at that figure. <laughs> How does one gauge where one is in stand? Whether you're headlining yeah. or where you're, whether you're featuring or whether you're hosting. That's like See, so on a club weekend. On a club weekend, you have okay. a headliner, host, and feature. Now, if you're if you're if these and this is how you can gauge even who's a bigger headliner is if you can bring your feature then you're a, b a big headliner. But if you're just going and the club gives you their feature, then you're just headlining. At the time, uh, Tom and I were. I was the headliner and Tom was the feature act. And then I started working for Travel Channel and Tom did a special called Mostly Stories that blew the fuck up on Netflix. And he started headlining. And then we were like, I, for a second, we were like this. Right. And then he just skyrocketed. And I will say, and this is the, I, I, I give this all the credit to Tom, is as he skyrocketed, he kept me in the know of like, hey man, like you, this is what you have to do. Like he wasn't. He, he, he didn't sit on the info. He was sharing the info. He shared the info so much that he, I remember he called one time and he said, what? I said, I sold out Philly. He said, you should be doing the truck. And I said, Sugar I played yeah, there with Ralph. They, they, We've they, sold that out a few times yeah, back in the great. day. Yeah, it's great. Does it still I shot, exist? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, they, this building's still there, but I think they sold it. Right. Um, I, I shot Secret Time there. And oh, is so, that right? And this is a perfect example of, Tom said, you should be out of the clubs. You should be out into the truck. And I went, no. And he goes, what's your ticket price? I said twenty dollars. He was raising them to thirty-five, and I said, "Really?" And he was raising them to thirty-five. And once you can raise them to thirty-five, you can sell out Thursday and Sunday, two shows on Thursday and Sunday, maybe even three on Saturday. Then you need to definitely be in theaters. And I never even got. I did that for like half a year, and then I went into the truck. Now a place where I told Tom I sold out the helium for twenty dollars for a weekend. Right. I did the truck, which I think sits six hundred, six fifty. Yeah, I and think I, you're right. And I did six shows. And I was like, fuck you, you're right. And he goes, I mean, so Tom and I have always been 
100% transparent with zero ego in how we share information, which has been absolutely invaluable to me. Like, right, right, right. and he said super wise things when everyone was saying the other thing. Right. And I was I like, and he's, he's a weird guy. He doesn't need anyone. He doesn't need any praise. He doesn't need things. Like I need, I'm like very vulnerable and sensitive. And even he deals with that shit, which is, I mean, yeah, you, everyone needs a Tom in their life. I, I, I need that Tom. Yeah. Not a Tom. Get that Tom. I would love to. Get um, that Tom. I, I wound up in the world of uh, stand-up through a very, uh, through a back door. I, I, because of the movies, they put you out in front and you got to do Q&A after the movies and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then I remember like after Mallrats came out and tanked, I, I'm thinking about this oh, lately because I was movie. just in. Oh, well, was a great movie. I, that's why I threw it was out. That there. Jason so somebody first would movie? say that was a was great that movie. Jason Lee's first. It was movie? absolutely Jason. Well, technically, Jason Lee popped up saying nothing in a movie called um, "Mi Vida Loca" by Allison Anders, and he's standing next to Spike Jones in a, a, a dialogueless uh, "We're buying drugs" little sequence. Yeah. But Mallrats, the first movie, he says words, and he was a professional skateboarder. Yeah, oh, I know. That that's how good. Of, that's how good of an actor Jason Lee is. Yeah, is that people now find out he's an he's a better skateboarder than he is actor. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and there was a time insane. when he was like he retired. When I met him on Mallrats, he was like, "I'm retired from uh from professional skateboarding," and you know he was a fucking child. And I was like, "Retired from pro and and, yeah. and then also professional skateboarding." All of these concepts were new to me and stuff. I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Well, I've been skateboarding at a professional level for the last nine years." And I was like, "Hi." Ah, he enough. was awesome. I, I just watched a documentary on that era of skateboarders, and yeah. they talked about him because they were doing the they were talking about the filming and how he's starting to get his props now. Everyone knows like Tony Hawk and stuff, but yeah. Jason Lee is starting to get his props. But and he's been. I remember at one point he got off the board and he was like, I'm not going to go back on it. But then about 10 years ago, he stepped back on the board and he's kind of been, you know, bringing it back into his life. And he's, I mean, with all due respect, he's an old man like me. In fact, I think he's got me by a year. Really? So at age 53 to be like fucking on deck is, is pretty damn and he still impressive. looks good. He looks very There's good. There's some, some guys don't eternally age youthful. right. He look, he's got eternal Even youth. Even though yeah. he's, right now he's got like a bushy whitish beard and he yeah. still looks fucking young. Yeah. But so because of the movies, I wound up doing a lot of Q&A, and, and after Mallrats Tank, the University of Delaware called like three months later, and they're like, hey, we're going to show Mallrats. Do you want to come and talk after it? And since I was in New Jersey, it's like a two-and-a-half-hour ride. I was like, yeah, all right. And so I went, and there was a you know room full of college kids watching the movie, this movie that I was like, you know, fucking depressed over the failure of. It was no clerks. And then all of a sudden, I felt good after the q and I'm like, fucking right on, man. Like, it did find its audience. So then I started doing colleges like crazy, but not paid. P colleges would just call and be like, do you want to come talk after the movie? I was like, fuck yeah. And I'd drive uh. to them, fly to them, whatever the fuck. So I was doing a Rutgers gig in Rutgers, Camden. I am three hours into a five-hour fucking show. So I, I, took, uh, I put up the episodes of the Clerks cartoon, which were never going to air, so I'd go outside, grab a cigarette. I was a big cigarette smoker in those days. And the SAC kid, the Student Activity Center kid, was back there with me and she's like, wow, man, like you've spoken for three hours. How much longer do you want to go? And I was like, I didn't tell everyone's bored, I guess. And she goes, you talked way longer than Janine Garofalo. I was like, oh, Janine was here because this was, I worked with her on Dogma. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Janine was here. And she said, yeah, she was just here last week, man. And she only did a 45 minutes and left. And I was like, oh, and she, and then there's a bit of silence and into the silence, this girl goes, and we paid her 20 grand. And I was like, what, wait, what? 
And she's like, yeah, everyone gets paid for this. Why don't you? And I was like, what do you mean everyone gets paid oh for this? God. And she was like, there's a student activities fee. She's like, you're one of the most in-demand college speakers. And I assumed you got paid. After that gig, rather than be like, oh, damn, Skippy, I'm getting paid. This is what I was like. Well, people are going to start paying for my gas. I'll tell you that much. And people give me like 50 bucks for gas. And I did that for six months until some agent was like, you know, you could probably make a lot of money doing this. So I was doing the college scene like crazy. I would never go near stand-up clubs because I didn't consider myself a comedian. To me, yeah. I, I revere comedians. And the idea of like going to a comedy club, it's like, I didn't earn that. I never had a tight five. I never did you know, a set or anything yeah. like that. I'm just a guy who gets up and answers questions. And I answer them very long and comedically. So I did college gigs all the time. Then I moved into theaters, smaller theaters and stuff, but skipped stand-up uh, yeah. stand joints. Then one day, I'd been doing it for like fucking eight to 10 years, and um, there was a, 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 it was a musical with the guy that did uh, that talk show where he sits down at the end and he goes, uh, my closing thoughts. Uh, he just passed away recently. Um, Jerry Springer. Oh, They did yeah, a yeah, Jerry yeah, Springer yeah. the musical, and the, this company had booked Carnegie Hall for three nights in a row, but they could only sell one and a half. So their, their Sunday night show or whatever the fuck, they could not sell. So they were at my agency at that time. I was with uh, Endeavor before they were William Morris Endeavor. And uh, the, the guy, Jared, was asking, I think his name is Jared Hess, was asking around, like, do you have any entertainers that might want to take the third slot? And my then agent, who's now like an owner of that place, he was like, oh, like uh, Kevin Smith is my client. And he, I think he does like Q&A shows and stuff. Like, you want to see if he'll do it? And so they were like, do you want to do Carnegie Hall? And I had less than a month to sell tickets. But I was like, Carlin did Carnegie, and I never I never imagined I'd get close to Carnegie Hall for yeah. anything. So I was like, fuck it, we'll try. Hello, I'm Johnny Knoxville. And I'm Elna Baker, and we have a new podcast It's called Pretty Sure I Can Fly. Yep, we've teamed up with my friends and barmates from Smartless to create a podcast where we talk to folks who have more balls in a bowling alley. People who accomplish something extraordinary despite people telling them that it couldn't or shouldn't be done. You'll hear stories about the Air Force doctor who buckled into a 600-mile-per-hour rocket sled and became the fastest man on the planet. And a man who wrestles alligators and sharks for fun. Do not do this. <laughs> You'll hear about a foul-mouthed moonshiner. Got a two-inch dick and a six-inch tongue and knows how to use both of them. <laughs> and an even more foul-mouthed female stunt pilot. We got bull riders. Balloonists. Bobsledders. And big wave surfers. People who lay their balls on an anvil and hand the other fellow the hammer. Okay. I bet you've actually done that, Johnny. Maybe for sweeps. Follow Pretty Sure I Can Fly on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Pretty Sure I Can Fly early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. They get a beautiful gift and you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The only tricky part, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. This is what I recommend for any jewelry purchase. Source it from BlueNile.com. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer a peace of mind with every purchase with some of the highest quality standards in the industry. They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions and give recommendations for every 
budget. The thing about buying jewelry is you really don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what you're looking at often. And the great thing about working with Blue Nile is you have somebody who's a true expert that can help guide you along the way so you don't feel lost, so you know what these diamond grades are. You know you're getting real value. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. And just in case you don't, they offer 30-day returns. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. And so I used social media to sell it out. It took me like fucking 28 days, but I'd made it a game where I was like, we've sold this many tickets. We've sold this many tickets. Yeah. And I sold out Carnegie Hall. After that, then I started doing theaters like fucking crazy. And it was me by myself. So into this world, like I've been doing podcasting on the side since 2007. I'm doing smodcasts with Scott Mosier. One day Scott Mosier's like, I need to make money. And we've been joking for years about doing Smodcast live. So I was like, who would ever do that? Who would ever take a podcast and sit down in a stand-up joint? But I was like, we should do that. We'll, we'll take it out. I bet you I can make you like 10 grand. So I had my agent. What uh, year is this? This is 2009. Okay. 2008, 2009. Because it eventually leads to me touring movies to Red State and, how, and my current model of taking movies out on the road. So I had my, my booking agent call up all the same places that I would go to. And I, you know, I was making pretty great money as a solo fucking act as an evening with Kevin Smith, still avoiding fucking comedy clubs like the plague only because I didn't feel like I was worthy for that. I was like, I don't come up with my own material. I answer questions like, you know, a, a comic goes up there by themselves, fucking unleashes their pain and shit. And I, I've never really done that. All I do is answer questions. So I said to uh, the agent, I was like, Hey man, book us, on a podcast tour. He's like, what is it? And because nobody had this ever is, done a podcast. For anyone listening, you got to remember, Rogan didn't st hadn't started his podcast yet. No. So uh, Corolla, had Corolla hadn't it. started his podcast yet. I remember when Adam started yeah, his so podcast Yeah, so this is, as well. this is, I mean, this is insane. This is like the old, Ricky Gervais had a podcast, I that, think, at the he time. Was, he was the original podcaster that I'd heard of. First time I ever heard the term podcast was, was so Scott good. Mosier going like, have you heard the Ricky Gervais podcast? I was like, what's that? And technically, he didn't do it as a podcast. Yeah, it was like he a, did it as a radio show that I think The Guardian or one of the uh, the London papers put out yeah. and referred to it as a podcast. But it was not his intent to be like, this is a podcast. Yeah. It was backdoor podcast. So people hadn't thought about doing it on stage. You know, stand-up places were still fucking stand-up. So I thought we'd go out and fetch the same money that I got for being solo but all of them were like, what is this? Like, what do you mean you're going to sit there and talk to your friends? And what do you, are you going to take questions from the audience like you do? It broke my business model. And so my, my touring guy was like, you're going to have to do these shows for like five, 10 grand a pop and shit. So I was like, I, you know, whatever. If we have to educate them, we'll educate them. Whoa. So we went to Whoa. little punk rock clubs. And that's when I first started going into comedy clubs. They were the only ones who were willing to take yeah. it. But nobody knew what a live podcast was at this point. So fucked up. So we go on this tour and shit. And, you know, we do like 10 shows. And from there, I was doing a podcast with Jason Muse called Jay and Silent Bob Get Old. And so Jason's wife, Jordan Monsanto, who runs our company, Smod bless this woman. She was like, I'm going to try to book this show out in the world. Because we were doing it at a little, I, I, I picked up a little theater on Santa Monica Boulevard and I renamed it Smod Castle when we started doing live shows. There was like a 48-seater. So me and Ralph Garman were doing Hollywood Babylon there. 
Um, it was that was a failed radio show. Ralph wanted to do the showbiz beat on weekends, and we recorded a pilot. And K Rock was like, nobody wants to hear people talk on on the radio anymore. So I came in wow. on K Rock one day to be like, hey man, I opened this podcast theater. And Ralph was like, what if we did showbiz beat from there? And he's like, I can't call it showbiz beat because K Rock owns it. So I said, let's call it Hollywood Babylon and stuff. So we've been doing Babylon at at Smod Castle for like two months. And we, Ralph could sell it out so fast because he was on K-Rock. Yeah. So he'd make a, well, like one announcement on Monday and we'd sell out by like midday Monday. And so he was like, we could probably take this to like a comedy club. And he went to two. He went to the Improv. And then he also went to the John Lovitz Comedy Club. That, yeah, that up was in the, up on, uh, Universal City Walk. City Walk. So John Lovitz gave us 90% of the gate, whereas um, the Improv only gave us like 85 or something. Yeah. So we were like, fuck it, let's go there. And so suddenly we were doing a podcast where we can sell out 250, I think was their sellout per night. And then we, I brought Jane, Silent Bob, get old up there, same thing. Jordan had the foresight to be like, I'm gonna try to take it outside of Los Angeles. And the first show she booked was that in Orlando, the hard rock, that, that yeah. joint that looks yep. like a fucking Coliseum. It sold out so fast. That's and we were like, people must love this podcast. And it had nothing to do with the podcast, just Jay and Silent Bob was a name for movies that most people knew oh, and understood. Yeah, yeah. So slowly we went, for, I went from being yeah, a solo a act a that podcast, did theaters though. to like a podcast act that did punk clubs and then, and then comedy clubs. And then slowly we moved back into theaters. And one day my agent was like, um, I don't know if it was Helium or somebody was like, they, we want you to do a night of shows. And my bias, my own personal bias against like, well, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I haven't earned that yet. Yeah. I forget who it was, but there was one comic who said this to me. Kevin, you're really shooting yourself in the foot by not doing a comedy club. If you fill it with your audience, it doesn't fucking matter. Like your yeah. audience just needs a place to see you. And so I was like, all right, maybe I could do that. And then that's when I kind of started doing comedy clubs. And like me and Ralph went from the John Lovitz to eventually we went to the improv and for a good, what was it? Five, six, seven year stretch sold out every fucking show. They put us up on the wall. Like before they changed ownership during the pandemic, they would always credit us with like, you fucking saved the improv, which meant the world to me. Cause I used yeah. to watch evening at the improv as a kid in the eighties on fucking cable TV. Now all that fucking humble bragging to the side how come I don't have a separate fucking house to do my podcasts in? It can't just be Tom Segura. What am I fucking doing wrong? My business model is watch what Kevin Smith does and then wait 15 years and do it yourself. God damn it. I'm going to do that same thing, see if it works. I think I would argue, I mean, I'm using this podcast to promote my movie aggressively. Uh, and I'm, Which comes I'm hoping out, what, that May 26th, May 25th, May 25th, Memorial That's Day right, weekend. A, yeah. The machine is in theaters. Do you have tracking yet? Have you popped up on tracking? Do you know how you're going to do? Uh, Who's putting it out first and foremost? Uh, Sony. Oh, well, fucking you need, need, need no help whatsoever. What was the budget of the movie? Are you allowed to say? Yeah, I think. I don't know. I, I've broken a few rules. Got a break uh, it here. Uh, tw I think 20. Million? They're gonna make a pile of fucking money. Uh, There's no way that this movie doesn't break through. It'll probably get to like eighty to hundred million. Bucks. I want to. I want to inspire people to go back to the movie theaters because good movies still are having a hard time in movie theaters. Yeah, and I want people to. I want to. I love eventizing life. I love yes. doing that with my tour. I love doing that. Even when I did this last arena tour, I bought a very expensive. I'm going to pause you right there. When you say arena tour, yes. that's what you're doing now. I'm, I'm doing arenas exclusively. Oh yeah. My God. 
can we go to the third floor and I can jump out the fucking window? <laughs> that way I'll definitely die. No, but fucking arenas? Are yeah. you serious? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you haven't earned it. You've put in the work and fucking like you blew up fucking huge. But I, you know, I, I've never done an arena. And I don't think I ever will. Do you want to come and do one with me? Fuck yes. Okay, done. done. God yes. Done. done. Have him come on one of the fully loaded dates. Put that on the we'll board. Throw him on there. We'll throw him on there. I we'll, would do that I'll, in I'll, a we heartbeat. Have, we have a list of dates. You can just pick one. Oh my you God. can do the whole weekend with us. In a fucking we, heartbeat. We'd do fully loaded during the summer. We put like nine comics on a show. We go into arenas. We're doing the Gorge. We're doing uh, Forest Hills out in New York. And how big are these arenas? Uh, 15. Oh, my God. And so, oh um, yeah, they're really fun. They're really fun. I would do it just for the fucking fun of doing it's, it. I've never done. Oh, uh, dude, everyone an arena. will love to have you. We have an insane lineup. We have Lewis Black, David Tell, uh, Tiffany Haddish, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis. Now you're now uh, you're intimidating me. There's, there's these a, are the, legit comedians. Oh, they're legit comedians, and we have a blast. And we have a blast. And the whole thing is like set up around having a great time for us. And then doing these shows, and the shows, the doors open at 5, show starts at 7, sunsets at 8.30, and, it, and it's like a full fucking day. When you say it's, sunsets at 8.30, oh, are so these we do, outdoor we do, arenas? We do a couple outdoor ones, not oh, less so this awesome. year, less this year. The Gorge is the big one. The Gorge is, we're closing it, and that Gorge, I think, ultimately holds like 45,000 people. We won't fill that, but all we need to sell is like fucking 10,000, 15,000. But, and um, that's okay. Like you won't yeah, sit yeah. there on stage and be like, "Fuck, we didn't sell it no, out." No, I don't. I'll never see with the gorge seats. I, I will never fill the gorge. That's in, that's like, like, but it, but it don't matter. It doesn't matter to me. All I need, I know what our nut needs to be, and our nut needs to be really at nine thousand. We're we already we've already sold. I think we've already sold almost all the tickets we can sell. So yeah, so it's but they're fun. I will, when we walk downstairs, you'll see a list of dates. You can pick whatever you want to do. Fucking, a. and I uh, would do that just for the experience of being on stage in an arena. I but, mean, I, I it, although that lineup is very it's intimidating. It's so fun. But I, I, I love eventizing life, and I'm trying to I noticed eventize. by all the fucking the ads as we came up, too, the fucking <laughs> bills, the posters. Dude, I love it. I love, and my, my goal is to get people to want to go to the movies. Can you sell the experience of going to the movies, of how fun it was for you as a kid? Yes. It was for you, was for you as an adult. Uh, highlights, like, I, I, I mean, for me personally, I I have a couple real touchstone moments in 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 movie watching it. It was Ghostbusters. Like, well, see being, that name, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. Movie with <laughs> movie with Harold Ramis yeah, yeah. where they go after dead people. <laughs> Ghostbusters was like you describe uh, movies like it's a Jeopardy category. <laughs> You should see me do impressions. I was doing impressions <laughs> the other day, and I was like, uh, I was like, uh, tell, I, I forgot how I was doing them, but I was, I was just, do, I forget anyway. So, um, <laughs> take that off the board, impressions. But, but I'm really bad at impressions. <laughs> but I remember see, like being in the summer when this, when it's raining and it's hot in Florida, and you, and Are your you parents, Florida kid, I'm Florida kid. What yeah. part did you grow up? Tampa. Fucking Tampa, man. Yeah. So you know the Tamiami Trail. Oh, yeah, of course. You yeah. know, that is where, like, the pre predominantly where most of the strippers and hookers in America come from, that Tamiami Trail. For real? Yeah, somebody read that fact off to me one day. And that I was tracks. Like, what, why? But let me ask you this, because you grew up there. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Is it more permissive in Florida? Or here's my theory. It's all hot, so people are wearing less clothing. Well, I used to think that's why women in Florida were more attractive than anywhere else because the less amount of clothing, the more you want to take care of your body. And then that's, at, that would make sense, except for my body. But <laughs> uh, but I will tell you our sensibility about strip clubs from Florida yes. is extremely different 
than like when I meet other people. Explain. Uh, strip clubs for us were a thing you did at the end of the night when the bars closed. You go to the strip clubs, and a lot of times you could bring in your own booze, and they let you. And so everyone would meet at strip clubs. So you'd mm. be there with your best friends, your your best friends' girlfriends, all their friends, your future girlfriends, your girlfriend, and so it was like. But you're not necessarily there to see people naked. It's just a gathering place. You are. You are. Like, people would get lap dances, but no one, like, looked down. Like, I have a friend whose wife won't let him get lap dances, and I think that's fucking insane. Because, mm. like, I don't, I don't know if I could be married to someone like that, because I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing anything. Like, right. it's, you, you have to understand that this action and cheating on you are very different things. Agreed. And so, but in Florida, it was just like, I mean, when we were when we were 15 years old, we all got fake IDs at Kinko's. And because you could print up your, they, you could make an identification card. So wait, when I was in high school, there was no Kinko. How old are you? It's, no, I'm, I'm 50. It was whatever it was. It was like Kinko's or whatever the copy store was. So I got was. you by two years. I'm 50 too. Yeah, I'm 50. And you own your own podcasting house. Yeah. Again, what the fuck am I doing wrong? <laughs> but but we get you get an idea, like whatever our, our copy store is. Right. I thought it was Kinko's, but you could get an ID. You could write your own ID. They just... You go your age, and you just wrote it and down. It seems more permissive in Florida, regardless. It like does. it seems like that's not the crime they're looking after or no. looking for. They're not like trying to bust kids with fake IDs. There's so many things that growing up in Florida, I go, I say to people, I go, "How often do you play that Tampa theater down there?" Well, now you must play the Tampa play the fucking arena. arena. It's the Emily when you when you did the Tampa theater for yeah. the first time, which I'm assuming you did, were you like, "Fucking king of my hometown"? I was. Uh, well, I the. Uh, Tampa Theater was a big deal. Selling out the improv was a big deal for me. The improv here or in, in, Tampa? in Tampa was a really big deal. How much, so what was, do they see? Two fifty, four hundred? No, no, they're like probably three, three ten because it's all the way to the top. That's right. they got levels. Yeah, they got levels. And but selling out the Tampa Theater, I sold like I think I sold four shows at the Tampa Theater, and I was like, I was like, man, my parents came. My dad's never had never seen me do stand up, and he didn't. He sat in the back. He didn't watch. He sat in the back, but he came out on stage and ripped his shirt out off at the very beginning, and the place went nuts. That was a big moment. Have you moment. been ripping shirts off since the beginning? No, I started like. Did he do it first? And who, you were like, "That's a good my idea." Dad? Your dad. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm totally stealing that. Yeah, as a kid, that's my Gallagher with the watermelon. <laughs> that there's my fucking mallet right there. As a kid, he'd walk in the in the house and rip his shirt off. I go, that would work. <laughs> that sells. That sells. The pop man. You should hear my sisters. Um, but when was I was super proud. Uh, well, he's always been proud, but he doesn't show it very well. It, it was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he just is like a, he's an old school dude, right? And uh, I had one of those. He dropped dead twenty years ago. For real? Yeah, yeah. yeah coming up June third, uh, it'll be the twenty year anniversary of him dropping dead. It was all right though. I mean, yeah. he, he went out in such a great way. We he all got went to see your success a little bit. He saw up until he died right before Jersey Girl came out, and that didn't do well. So I'm huh. kind of glad that he went before that came out because he would have been like, "What the fuck is wrong with you? You had it all." But uh, but yeah, he was he was a big he was. You want to talk about the movie theater experience? I think I became a filmmaker because my dad used to take me to the movies. Like he would pull me out of Catholic school on Wednesdays to go to the first matinee because it was like a buck fifty. And I remember my mom told me like the first time he was going to do it, she was like, your dad's going to come and pick you up for half day and he's going to take you to the movies. And I was like, what do I tell the, my teacher? What do I tell the nuns? It was parochial school, Catholic school, Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And my mom was like, tell them your aunt died. And I was like, all right. And so I went to school. I was like, my aunt died, so my dad's going to pick me up. And he came and picked me up at noon. And I got called down to the office. Sister Gloria Louise was like, I'm so sorry about your aunt. And we'll pray for us. I said, thank you. And then we went to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Formative experience. Number one, it's a great movie. But number two, 
my father was a man of very few words, very circumspect. He's not like me. He's not open. He doesn't wear his heart on his fucking sleeve. Well, he doesn't wear anything anymore. He's fucking dead. But he was not that kind of guy that was like, son, let's share. You know what I'm saying? How he communicated with me was by taking me to the movies. And, you know, he would gauge what he thought I could handle. Like, he took me to see The World, World According to Garp when I was 12. I saw that. And that's a, it's a great movie, but it is not a movie you necessarily take a 12-year-old to. Mm -hmm. But he was like, he can handle this shit. But he would take me that's to the things. That's where I learned things. the term Tourette Gunner. Yes. Yeah. Fucking A, man. I, I remember we watched that on VHS at my house. It's a wonderful fucking yeah. flick. So he took me to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. And my father, who was very quiet, lit up like a fucking child like throughout the opening 10 minutes of that movie it's he was like so he was like do you good. he's do you love this he's going this is the kind of movie that i used to go to when i was a kid with your aunt and they were called cliffhangers and you pay a little bit of money and then you had to come back the next week he's like they're making cliffhangers again this is great you having a great time it's like he was doing fucking rails he was so fucking excited yeah. and shit and so the joy the exuberance that my father lit up with when he was in a darkened movie theater obviously made an impact you know what i'm saying i'm not saying i only did films because i was trying to recapture that moment with my dad but it certainly fucking helped man yeah. and my dad worked at the post office mercifully never fucking killed anybody but he hated his fucking job and so he was also influential there because he hated his job so much that i was like when i got older i was like i would rather risk doing something that could turn into something doubling down on myself so to speak to borrow the phrase rather than just go work for some fucking corporation or the government, because he was so fucking miserable doing it. So I own the movie theater now that my father used to take me to when I was a kid. Me and my friends last year in September bought the what was called the Atlantic Movie House. When I was a kid, it was called the Atlantic Highlands Twin Cinema. Uh, but oh, now wow. it's got five screens. We renamed it Smod Castle Cinemas. And I'm there twice a month doing shows all the time. Like we just, me and Jason Muse just showed Jane Silent Bob Strike Back to a sellout house and, and stuff like that. Um, Jason Lee, the aforementioned Jason Lee came three weeks ago. We did Chasing Amy. That was sold out. God, no, I'll tell you right now, no movie new movies fucking sell. Opening night of Avatar 2, yeah. Saturday night, uh, Friday night at seven o'clock, we had 12 fucking people. Uh, Creed 3, which did very well everywhere else. Yeah. Six people on opening night. Fucking Shazam, Shazidden at all, and fucking Shazam, died. Shazidden. The, the one fucking movie that I will give Hollywood credit for and thank and suck the dick of from now until the end of time is that little Italian man, Super Mario. Because, oh my God, that's the movie that has earned the most at Smodcastle Cinemas yeah. outside of the personal I've had so many people talk to me about that fucking movie. People love it, dude. Yeah. Like kids. I was there cleaning up. Like uh, we had a fucking leak on the, like two weeks ago. It was really fucking rainy and shit. And I was cleaning up, like mopping and shit. Shit I hadn't done since Quick Stop, man. But I'm that kind of owner. And I was mopping up this leak outside of Theater 4 where there was a kid's party. And they were showing Super Mario Brothers. And it was like a bunch of fucking, like, uh, baptists in church they yeah. were so fucking loud they were screeching through the end of the movie and then they all collectively sang that jack black song during the credits i was like so moved i was like yeah. this reminds me of my fucking childhood this man. here's what i want here's what i want i don't know if you can do it but I, you are a good talker i think i'm a pretty good talker okay. and i can i can bring I the give, machine I to give, my movie theater what's that I bring would, bring I, the machines to my that. movie theater. we'll do a fucking that. screening that it'll fucking, fucking sell love out that. Done i would done. love that i know you're a busy guy no no I, I, i'm not i'm everything i'm doing right now is about this movie i got one opportunity i think i i feel like i've had a lot of people hit me up a lot of comics have hit me up and been like if your movie does good 
I I bet they start bringing back comedies because they're, they're, it's so hard to do comedy. Well, is it present? Are you presenting it like the routine? Or are you presenting it like oh, a no. fiction narrative? Wait, do you know who plays my dad? No. Oh, you're gonna lose your shit. Am, is there a fourth floor shit. that I could throw myself you're out? You're gonna lose your shit. Go you're gonna me. lose your shit. I'm tell me. Tell you. Tell me. John Belushi, because no. that would that'd be nuts. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> Him or Farley would have been great. That although I think I'm Farley's age. The uh, I think you've beat Farley's so age. So the at this my, point. the movie is based on the. Uh, have you seen the trailer? I've not seen the trailer, but I know the bit. Yeah, I know the, no, I know no, the no, story. no, no, uh, no. So the the don't hang on, don't pull, take the screen down. I don't, I want to tell you on it. Okay. So because uh, I. So um, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. So, uh, the movie is based on me and my dad getting kidnapped by the Russian mafia. I remember, I remember the story. I've seen you to, tell that story. No, 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 no. The, the story is me. I got involved with the Russian mafia when I was twenty-two, and we robbed a train. That's the story. This that's is not story. that. It's it's based off that. Okay, but it's me and my dad getting kidnapped by the Russian mafia, and me having to go right the wrongs of me robbing that train. And then me and my dad so having to a, beat taking, the mafia. It's taking the routine and then building on top of it. And my dad is played by Mark Hamill. Oh my god! Well, I've worked with him. I'm not <laughs> I know, okay. Now I'm I know back you to got, the second got, floor you got window. Married at Skywalker Ridge. I, I did. Like, I did. Mark, I like, wait. I'm, I'm again. I'm not. This is going to be a humble brag, but there was a period where you know Mark wasn't Mark for a minute. Yeah. Like when all those Star Wars movies were done and people didn't give a fuck and whatnot. And Harrison Ford was working, but like yeah. Mark wasn't. We did Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. And I cast Mark as Cockknocker yeah. in the Blunt Man and Chronic movie. And in the movie, like when he first comes through the fuck, punches through the wall and pulls his giant fist back, we freeze frame and it says, hey, kids, it's Mark Hamill. Applause. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I remember his kid, Nathan, like really thanked me. Yeah. I got to thank his kid, Nathan, because Mark told me, he goes, I don't know your work at well, all. I think Nathan did the same thing for me. I'm being dead probably, serious. Probably. I think it, it, either that or his other son uh, did the same thing for me. Because he's like, I don't, I'm not familiar with you, but my son said I gotta, I gotta, I gotta I got watch the your same stuff. fucking pitch. He's, he's got like, cool fucking my kids. kid. He goes, my, I've, I'd never do Star Wars oriented stuff because we lightsaber battle yeah. in that movie. He goes, but uh, there have been two things that my kids made me do. One was The Simpsons, and the other is this. They say they like your movies and shit. So I, I he Nathan like after we did that, I, I met him years later. Because yeah. he was younger and stuff. I met him at the Scum and Villainy Canteen, my friend JC's bar out here. The Star Wars, the, well, you can't say Star Wars bar. He might get sued. Yeah. Space opera themed bar. Yeah. Um, and so I met him finally and I got to thank him because I was like, fucking dude, unless you say to your dad, like, you should do this, your dad never touches this. And he was very sweet. He was like, the fact that you froze the movie to shout him out. because yeah. And it said applause in every screening. People would fucking applaud. We just showed it. Last weekend, again, at my theater with Jason Muse, and people applaud the moment he comes on screen, but then when the applause moment came on, they went, like, fucking doubly hard. I love Mark I love to Mark. death. I love Mark. And the fact that he plays your dad is fucking well, astounding. I, I That's was, awesome. Because I knew you guys married at Skywalker Ranch, so yes. I was like, oh, shit. No, Mark, Mark plays Hamill my dad. and his wife uh, took me to, um, Shout out to Mary Lou. Lou. Mary Lou. Shit, Mary Lou was wonderful. fucking awesome. Mary, uh, Mary Lou took, it really, it was Mary Lou more than Mark, took us to the only time I've ever gone to the Playboy Mansion when my kid was little for the Easter egg hunt with oh, the bunnies and shit. Yeah. Uh, she was very tight with all the people there and stuff. She's great. I know I know Chelsea. Chelsea. I texted with Chelsea last night. Wonderful. I texted yeah. with her like last week. Um, she, when I was directing an episode of Flash, Mark was like, Chelsea wants to shadow you. And I was like, oh my God, come on out. So she, I hung out with her for like two weeks. They're beautiful, beautiful I lived people. with them in Serbia for three months. In Serbia. That's yeah. what he was doing over there. Yeah. I remember when he was talking about fucking, I'm in Serbia doing a thing. 
He does the voice of Skeletor on on my Masters of the Universe cartoon on, oh, really? on Netflix. Yeah, Revelations calls, and then the new one coming up is called Revolution. But he's the new voice of Skeletor. Yeah, he's awesome. He's he, and he's and, very generous with like Star Wars stories. And he's very and isn't he knowledgeable about pop culture just in general? Yeah, he's, uh, like he's the guy who honestly should be selling out fucking arenas just telling stories. I, I he and he's I mean he's a great storyteller. He is and. Uh, he was a joy to be around. Like, you know, the thing you would always worry is, like, if people bring up Star Wars, is he going to be like, ugh. But he tells you those stories like he's telling it for the first time. Right. And he's like, and he's a, and he has no ego about him. I, I loved him. He does with an Mark. incredible He's coming here tomorrow. We're doing a, a podcast Are tomorrow. Are you? Yeah. Um, I love him to death. He's so awesome. The uh, That is great. That's Now, let's go back to the release of the movie. Yes. There's no way this movie doesn't fucking hit. Let's, I, I pray. I pray. And you shot it in Serbia. Shot it in Serbia. What was that like? It was the greatest experience of my life. Are you serious? It was the so I never really cared about making a movie. I enjoyed right. movies. Somebody's chasing us with a drone right it outside. Sounds like it, right? It's got to be. Um, I, somebody's trying to get a picture of you. On I love. That's how famous you were. I loved watching movies, but I, as far as like acting and movie making. I just figured that's not my thing. I'll never end up doing it. And I kind of just was like, and I'm cool with that. Uh, I'd gotten offers to do like small acting things, and I was mm -hmm. like, "Eh, I'm I'm good. I was just podcasting, do stand up." And then uh, I sold this in at Legendary. I was trying to sell it three different movies, but I sold it Legendary on accident because he goes, "I'll I'll make a movie. Which one do you want to make?" And I was like, "Well, if we're gonna make a movie, I should make the machine." Who is it? Who at Kale, Legendary? Kale Boyder. That cat, I don't know. And uh, he goes, "Yeah, why didn't you pitch that?" And I was like, "I don't know. I was just tired of pitching it." Why wow, you pitched it before? I pitched it so much, and no one had, everyone had passed. Right, and so he goes, "Why, why, what, what?" And I go, "I don't know." I go, "What, what if I do make this movie and it's successful?" And then the Russian mob kidnaps me, and he goes, "Sold." And I went, "What?" And he goes, "Sold." I fucking love it. And he goes, "It's The Hangover meets Godfather 2. That's dope. And I was like, I didn't even know what the fuck was going on. Are you still on. scared about the Russian mob or no? Uh, no, I think I've heard good things. <laughs> <laughs> about the enterprise in I've heard, general i've heard they're cool yeah, i hear they're on their up up and up every look i'll tell you everyone i've ever met in the russian mob was a solid fucking dude so, every i'm being dead serious <laughs> that's a fucking so, plug right there yeah man. if they took poll quotes they should put that on their post and i've heard people in brighton beach about where the the, the russian community is really big out by coney island that, that uh people have seen the story and they go oh that happened that definitely happened i think that's my son that he was with are you serious so i've heard people say that to me yeah the um is there any part of you that's a little scared a little bit, yeah. I, especially when I, I did a general meeting with the people who do Barry, and they were like, they were like, so how did you, like, what was the vetting process for the mafia thing? Because like we wanted to use Russian mafia, and they were like, that's way too dangerous. And I was like, huh. you're like vetting process. Like a vetting process. I told this on fucking Rogan's podcast. What do you mean vetting process? And they're like, like because we were gonna do this. This is the one piece of advice that Tom Segura has not been helpful no. with. Yeah, right. Well, fuck it. That's how I go out. That's how I go out. <laughs> Look at that shit. That's fucking, fucking living right there. I'm a ride or die. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but no, but uh, in doing the movie. Yes. In, in in going there and making the movie, my very first day, and I I, I, don't, I don't know if I've said this or not, but I, I was not going to drink. I was not going to drink. And Are you a big drinker? I'm a huge drinker. And Is that a Floridian thing? Yeah, I think so. And I started drinking with the Russian Mafia. That's when I really started drinking in life. But you're not, you would not consider yourself a problematic drinker. I'm definitely not. 
Definitely not. I'm definitely not. Um, you drink to have fun, but not drink because you're like, if I don't drink, I'm, I'm fucked. You, you no. don't consider yourself an alcoholic. I'm uh, 100% not an alcoholic. That's awesome. Good the, for you. Uh, Nothing wrong with drinking yeah. as long as drink don't drink you. The, the, drinks drink me sometimes, but, <laughs> but I'm drinking the most of the time. <laughs> right. So uh, I win most you of drink, my battles. You drink yeah. under the table. <laughs> you're like Marion Ravenwood and Raiders of Lost Ark. And yeah, shit. yeah. Drink falls over and you're still standing. So... Uh, I get there and Kale goes, I, they, we go to dinner the first night and they order a bottle of wine. I'm like, I'm good. And he goes, what are you doing? I was like, I'm not going to drink. And he's like, no, the fuck you are. And he goes, hold on. I, this isn't, I didn't hire sober Bert. I hired regular Bert. And he goes, if you, he goes, if I have, if we're making a movie and you're trying to white knuckle it by not drinking in a foreign country away from your family for three months, then you won't have a good time. He goes, this should be fun. You didn't bring the family? No, no, no. It stayed here. It stayed here. And so I said. <laughs> they I, stayed here. They, they, yes. Well, they, they identify as it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he said, he said to me, and I don't know if this is good advice or not, right. but he goes, uh, I can't, he goes, I don't, don't know if this movie's going to be successful or not. We, no, no one can tell that. What I can tell you is if you have a good time making this movie, it'll show up on screen. True. So he said, so have a fucking blast. He goes, this may be the only time you ever make a movie, so enjoy every part of it. And Kevin, I fucking left Serbia. Go, I sold another movie right after that, and I was like, I'm in. I want to make movies. This right. is what I want to fucking do. This is so much fun. The the, the summer camp feel yes. of everyone getting around and all being on the same thing. The hardest part of this movie for me, dead serious, has been the promotion of it. Why? I never understood. Well, I never understood. I would imagine that would be the easiest part of your wheelhouse when it, it comes to the process it, it, it would seem that way but it makes me very vulnerable in what way uh i just in that i'm annoying people and i'm talking too much about the same thing over and over and over again but isn't that what a comic does it is it is but for whatever reason you feel selly uh, you've earned it my friend you've yeah, earned it really? like and, and no one will begrudge you this moment now yeah. going forward like if on the next movie, I mean, that's not even true. You've earned it. I don't think anybody's going to come down. Did has Tom Segura come down on you and said no. that ain't the way to do it? No, no. Well, no, you know no one knows. Right. None of our friends, I mean, not none of our friends, but none of our friends technically have starred in a major no. motion picture. He said he financed a film when he I did, was on his show. It, it, it was, it's, a, it's more of a... I, I don't. I don't think it's a movie. I think it's a TV series. Right? Is that what it's become? I think. I don't know. He really is tight-lipped about it because he's not. He's not like me. Like I'll tell you everything I'm doing. <laughs> Tom kind of just keeps everything close to him. Right. I saw like a clip of one thing, and I was like, "When do I get to see more?" And he was like, oh, "I don't know. I don't know." So weird because you guys are like thick as fuck. I show him everything I fucking do. I and mean, we sold uh, our next movie, Fat Astronauts, in uh, in the tent in Serbia. That's awesome. And and so and too legendary. Uh, yeah, it's legendary, nice. and but but I, I I don't know. I it's made me very vulnerable, and I and it's in a weird don't be. It's it's so in your wheelhouse, and there's nothing wrong with promoting. You, you, this is your first it's time more, at that. It's more Nobody's going to be like promoting. Stop talking. Like, about like you it. look at like I like like uh, here's this is the, a dream come true. You didn't realize you had. Can I tell people you? will begrudge you, and and I don't even think it's going to begrudge you. I just think people are like rooting for you. I hope, I hope, I, I... Who is against you? I don't know. I See, don't nobody. Know. You can't even just, think about you know, it. You think, you Not know, even the Russian mob. You're like, the Russian mob is giving you good reviews. I hope they are. <laughs> it's the thing, like, I, like, there's a, there's a part of, like, me that goes, I don't want to feel, like, I am the person that wants to love the moment. Like, yes. I love, I look at, I look fondly back at old Hollywood. Like, yeah. like the idea that, 
like I'm gonna say Ben Affleck as an example. <laughs> I I lived right around the corner from him when he lived over on Outpost. Okay. And do you know that's where I live now? Yeah, I did. I oh. bought Ben Affleck's house. Yeah, I did. I lived in it for the last twenty two years. I did know that. Yeah. I actually did know that. I fucking did know that. And I know what the one of the cars you have out front. Yeah, yeah I used yeah. to drive by the house all the time. What? Where did you live? I lived over on uh, Glencoe, over by like uh, over more towards the bowl by Hollywood Highlands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and, where Musi lived, and then he sold the house, and he lives over in um, uh, where um, Las Feliz area. Yeah. But wait, so you so don't live I, in that no, area anymore? No, no, no. We live actually we're you're almost like, next door. You're like, fuck it, look at you know, no, like, I have like, a second house for podcasting. Why the fuck would I live <laughs> I would in that area? I would love to live in that area. I love that it's area. Nice. It's it's it is. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get it. We're putting the house up for some. If you want to buy that house, bro. I'm, you want to talk I'm, about a podcasting palace. You, if you want to buy, as you uh, call on, him, Ben you know, Affleck's you know house. You know that would be like, uh, I would drive by, I would jog. So I jog up outpost. Uh, sometimes I jog over by that house and I would look at that house. And I, I actually knew you lived down at the time. Right. But I remember hearing that there was a there was a, was a Guinness on the roof. Guinness refrigerator and a pool on the roof. Yes. And I used to I used to think that was my I when before I knew anything about anything, and I was just was hosting like a TV, late night TV show. Right. I would think that's that's the goal. In that goal, you also had to be young. I wanted right. to be young. I want to be young and 50's cool. still young. Fifty's still young these days. Yeah, fuck yeah. But like that your moment when you got out here yes. and you and and Ben and Matt and all these guys were doing such huge things that was like that you know that that's dead now that that doesn't exist it doesn't happen it now doesn't like when Arnold and fucking Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis bought Planet Pl Hollywood opened Planet Hollywood that yes. was a fucking moment and I want that moment back in this city rogan left tom left everyone left hollywood and i go fuck that i want i want to make hollywood fun as fuck again my movie the machine is exclusively in theaters this weekend on the 25th we're doing a limited live stream that's coming from the red carpet so you can go to the machine.movie and see if there's a, a theater near you hosting that live stream it'll air 30 minutes before the movie starts but other than that, on the 26th, 27th, and 28th, we are out there. So go to the movies. Get out of your house. Put your phone in your pocket. Put it on silent. Get popcorn. Get peanut M&Ms. Sprinkle it into the popcorn. Two hot dogs. Shove them in your pockets. Extra salt on the popcorn. Get a large Diet Coke or a cold beer. I think they're serving cold beers these days. Oh, go to the movies. Enjoy a cold beer. And watch my movie, The Machine. You go to themachine.movie to get your tickets. I'll see you at the movies. I here, let me tell you my fucking Hollywood thing. So me and the wife, you remember it was raining like two months ago yeah. or one month ago, and it was like it turned in this place turned into Seattle. And it went on for so fucking long that I was like, I can't take this shit anymore. Everything's changed. I said, We don't even fuck with this city on a regular basis. We hide in our house. I was like, there's gotta be someplace else we can move. And so my wife Jen was like, What, like New Jersey? I was like, I ain't saying it's gotta be Jersey. Let's look at the map and find a place where we can fucking live. We've done 22 years in Los Angeles. Let's look for some other place. And my wife's like, well, I like it here because I like nature. And I'm like, nobody fucking associates Los Angeles <laughs> with fucking nature. I love that. But we live in that area of the hills yeah. where it is. Everywhere you look, you can't see fucking anything except nature, what they call it's a beautiful. hill. I that's call the a mountain. most beautiful part of, that's my favorite part of Hollywood. It's fucking gorgeous. So we looked at the entire fucking map, every state. And eventually we were like, I guess Los Angeles is it. Like, there's no place else that I want to yeah. live. It's, it's, and so when you said Joe left, and then you're right, Tom, I, I was on Tom's show also yeah. in Austin. Yeah. 
Why do people keep fucking leaving? Well, because it's cheaper where they're well, going. Number one, Joe has no interest in Hollywood. Like right. Hollywood, but neither do I. But I love, I love the concept. Of it. I, like if I, I could go back and tell nine-year-old me who my parents my, took us to Groman's Chinese Theater so I could see the Star Wars footprints when I was nine years old, and that was a big deal because we were poor fucking family and shit. If I could go back in time and tell that kid, not only do you one day live in Hollywood, like two blocks up from Groman's Chinese Theater, but you and Jason put your hand prints and footprints in the cement as well that kid it would explode his fucking mind and he'd probably fuck it all up trying to get to that yeah. point like i quite like you a lot of things happen fucking accidentally to me and shit i have a hard time thinking about going even when everyone's like oh it's too expensive and shit like that you got to pay to play like it's a great place to fucking live man so yeah. I, i'm happy to hear you like wanting to stay and wanting to do a thing here like when you mentioned planet hollywood there should be a podcaster fucking same idea. Yeah. Like what those three guys did for movies back in the fucking 80s with Planet Hollywood for fucking podcasting. And I, you're the guy who's fucking rich enough and smart enough, and you know Tom Segura, and he helps <laughs> to make that fucking happen. It's 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 just for me, I, I like if I listen to uh to what's the guy that hates short people? Uh Randy Newman. If I listen to Randy Newman's and we're talking now. Now we're talking. We are. This is deep cuts. Go. <laughs> when I, if he, I listen for the record, to I kids, love... he doesn't really hate short people. He just sang a very successful novelty song about it. He's also the guy who composed the score for <laughs> Toy Story. Know, if you don't know the song, you just are like, what the fuck did he do to short people? This is a dude who sang many years ago. Short people got no reason to live. <laughs> they got tiny But he also wrote, you, you, you got wrote, a friend in me. me. He's, if I listen. Which short people listen to and they're like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> and oddly enough, you got a friend in me is a song about short toys. So this dude went full circle on his fucking life. But anyway, back to Randy Newman. If I listen to I Love L.A., yes. I start tearing up. Oh, my God. I start I just, tearing up. I want up. to fucking hug you dude, so bad. I, I love that up. song as well. As yeah. a young Jersey kid, I remember seeing one of the earliest music videos. Before MTV, they had a show on HBO, I think, called Video Jukebox. And they showed the video for that of him driving fucking around Los Angeles and shouting out names. We love it. We, we love, love it. it. And I they're driving through, and you see, like, beautiful chicks with teased out hair yes. and fluorescent bikinis. We love it. Yes. Today I had... Uh, today is specifically aggressive. I met up with Arnold at Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. I spent the night at Shutters with my wife. Nice. We had dinner Classic. at Shutters. We got drunk. We Shutter's we had a great place. evening. Woke up, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was saying to me, uh, you, "So you're the next action star. So this is where they're going. I love it. I love it." And it was like it was really cool. The fact so the, that he said, I love it twice. You're yeah, like, like, we love it. Yeah, we, we love, love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so then, and then we go to breakfast at Shutters, and, 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 and I, again, I'm Shutters not, is an amazing fucking I'm not saying place. that Austin doesn't have this, but fucking Ed Norton walks by us and I did the worst. I am so bad. Like, I think celebrity's cool. Right. I think it's cool that a guy, first of all, his movie Richard Gere is one of the fucking greatest movies I've ever fucking seen. Primal Fear? That thing. What, was, what would be your title for that movie? The guy who does two accents. Brilliant. The guy who does two fucking accents brilliant. is- Spoilers, but yeah. yes. Spoilers? <laughs> if you haven't seen Primal Fear, give it a watch. Because when it comes to the second accent, your mind will be fucking blown. Fuck, it's such a great I've fucking movie. I've watched it so many times, and even knowing the story- I could get lost in his his but 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 and then when it fucking switches, you're like, this guy's a brilliant actor. 
Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah. I mean, fucking, I just saw Did Glass you say Onion. something to him? You ready? Yes. He walks by. You were and, like, you were great in the guy that nope, does two nope. accents. Nope. I went, ah, uh, Ed Norton. Nice. And he, I bet you he appreciated and that. And he was like, mm-hmm. And he walked by me. And, and my wife was like, did you like just. Like the priest character in the movie he made with fucking Ben Stiller. Like, mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife's like, did you just go baby walrus on him? Just, ah, oh, ah, oh, and, and so I fucking. But I think that's so cool when like, I like seeing and, famous people too I love seeing famous people yeah. I, I remember the first in the wild especially remember, unplanned and I, shit. I remember when I met Tom Cruise I mean, not met him but I saw Tom Cruise we right. were at the premiere for Magnolia when his hair is just perfect right how were you at the premiere for Magnolia I was just moved out here I was hanging out with my assistant my, my agent's assistant and she said uh that's 1999 we have, we have tickets for the premiere of Magnolia if you want to go with us and I said fuck yeah I didn't know anything about uh the director, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul, what Paul would you Thomas. call Magnolia if you didn't know the name? Uh, the guy that grabs him by the pussy. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's a long walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. fairly accurate as well. I don't remember. I would be like the singing movie where the frogs fall out of the sky. The movie that the movie that says one's the loneliest number. Yeah, that's the fucking greatest soundtrack. I yes. bought that soundtrack immediately. But like, so I'm telling a story. Tom Cruise is behind me, but I don't know he's behind me. And I turn around and I bump into him. And he still has the exact the long same hair. hair. And I, all I look at him, I go, you have beautiful hair. And, and he went, thank you. And just walked away. <laughs> I was like, fuck. Had you seen the movie yet or no? I'd seen it. We'd just seen it. And it was so awesome. So you, you didn't think to be like, respect the cock, tame the pussy. No, you should have. Your compliment at, meant more. I'm not good at like meeting a celebrity. I always fuck it up. I'd Let me always... tell you something. You met one today and you're very good at it. <laughs> I don't consider myself a celebrity for that. Uh, uh, but no, but I, I look at like... The, I, I want this. I, I, I like the the fucking Jack Nicholson sitting on the fucking floor Lake, of the Lakers. Lake, yeah. Lakers. That energy. Which lately has happened like twice. He's been in the news for it. Like he yeah. was gone for a long time. And now all of a sudden, he like, hey, he's going back to games. Is that what it was? Yeah, he started a podcast with Rogan. <laughs> he would be a great podcast guest. Him? Yeah. Fuck. You want know, to talk about stories and shit. And also, he's just entertaining. If you ever watch him, like, remember back in the day when he would be at the Oscars and, like, you know, doing a presenting or something like that? You tell he didn't do the script, and you could tell he was enjoying the fuck out. He's a guy that always seemed like he enjoyed being in Hollywood, being in the business. If we Not just make, being a great actor, but also all the accoutrements that went along with it. If we can make, if here's my plan. This is now, my, if you had my told me, plan. you know who plays my dad in this movie? Jack Nicholson. Oh. Then I would have been like, where's the fifth floor? And I'm yeah, jumping out. That, that would have been. But jumping out, not to kill myself, jumping out because I was so happy for you and not oh. jealous at oh, all. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, there's, a, there's a goal to reach for. Like, he don't act no more. No. So imagine being the guy that pulls him out of retirement, even for one scene. You could do that Joe with the next movie. Pete Davidson. Fat astronauts. Dude. Fat astronauts, we could get them. I bet we could. Yes. The uh, My goal is to, to so, have the so, machine. So I bet we could. My, this is my goal. The machine, I want them. I, they said to me in an interview, and you'll find this comical. I didn't know anything about movies and how much movies make. And they're yes. like, what's your goal for opening weekend? I said, $152 million. <laughs> <laughs> and they That's were like, awesome. They were like, oh, cool. Bigger than Maverick? And I was like, oh, is that, is that how big that was? I mean, put it, to put it in perspective, Guardians of the Galaxy opened to, what, $118 million? That's yeah. like a Marvel movie. And so I'm looking to- $152? Beat it. Why not? Um, yeah. I'm, We've seen Marvel movies before. You know what we haven't seen? The Machine. Yeah. And so then, well, then that'll immediately green light Fat Astronauts and- uh, 
Fat and Astronauts is getting greenlit regardless. I, I just read the latest script. It's pretty fucking awesome. And then I want to. I'm going to sign up. I've already told Legendary. I've already told them. I've given them two offers. We can wait until after the movie premieres, or we can do it before. If right. we do it before, I'll sign very small deals. But I want to do the machine two, three, and four. I want them to sign up to do Beautiful. four more machines. That's my Rambo. Beautiful. And uh, you're talking to a guy who made three clerkses. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And two Jay and Silent Bobs with one more 10 years. From yeah. Now. So I'm, I'm all for the franchise. And so that's my, that's my goal. And then I want to be, and then I just want to like really phone it in as an actor and, and, and be that Hollywood guy who like does big things. May I make a suggestion? Yeah, please. The machine two, the machiner, the machine three, the machinist. I love it. You know it. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then do one more just because fuck you, it's that successful. That your trilogy is four films. I miss that. I miss that fucking big moment. Those those like fucking like Bruce Willis driving a motorcycle down a red carpet with a fucking cigarette and then playing the harmonica to, to everyone doing, doing like, Bruno his Bruno shit yeah. yeah like those I was a huge Bruno fan like I, I had both of those albums dude I, I worked with him on Cop Out that's a whole other story yeah I I, I think I've heard that yeah uh, but still one of the reasons I worked with him because I was a massive fucking massive fan. Of moonlighting, he, of fucking all the of Die Hard, did. his entire career, but mostly his Bruno shit. I was a fan of him as a bartender at the fucking at. He never served you. No, what, no, 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 no. Just the idea. Yes, the that, idea. Like, that you'd be in New York and they and older dudes with thinning hair who just had crested over like fifty were like, Brucey used to be the bartender here, mm -hmm. and you're like, Brucey. And like Bruce, he's the best man. He's doing big things. Good, good. Cheer on for Brucey. Like big I love that That's cool. fucking. Like I just thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, like uh, the the. I I wonder if you could if you could pick not the one you were in. Yeah. But if you had to go back to any portion of Hollywood, like uh, like the beginning when they're making it when when all this doesn't exist and it's just downtown in the beach. So in the twenties, like when where Babylon was set, that I movie just that watched, came out. I just watched that. It's movie. a long movie. It's I will. I watched it on silent on a plane, and I still think I got it. So somebody tell Damien Chazelle that. That'll make him so happy. He I, took a beating from like people on that movie didn't do well, and a lot of people were like, "Why the fuck did you do this?" So I would imagine if he heard from the likes of you that not only did you watch it with the sound <laughs> down, but you feel like you got it. I love it. Be a huge triumph for the guy that made Whiplash. It, 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 he could use is a good it, fucking it's a movie. fucking amazing Whiplash movie. Is a really good fucking movie. Um, if any era whatsoever, <laughs> you mean the movie about the the Nazi who's a drummer? Yes, <laughs> is that do what you, you call it? Do you, guys, do you know why I call it that? Yeah, because he was in fucking uh, Oz, Oz, Oz. That's it. <laughs> um, that's a brilliant title. If I could go to any era and live in any era, it would probably be the eighties. I mean, I was born in nineteen seventy, so yeah. I grew up on seventies movies, but. 80s movies was like that was my happy childhood and 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 that whole era you know those were the people that were larger than life to me there were a bunch of famous people like fucking Cary Grant Humphrey Bogart and shit like from obviously from years back but when I think of movie stars I think of all the people that got big in the 80s when movie stars were like larger than fucking life and yeah. opening restaurants and shit like that who were the who who do you think is like Top five movie stars of all time. Like in when history in in a hundred years, I was saying to someone, I was saying that they'll never forget Brad Pitt. And they go, Brad Pitt, he's on the edge. And I went, I don't think so. On the edge of what? Being oh, like forgotten? Of, of, in a hundred years. Like when we look of back a hundred years, you go Buster Keaton. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he got can't he fucking went out and ripped the chick. Is that right? Oh, that's Fatty Arbuckle, my bad. <laughs> oh my God, man. He's fucking <laughs> taking Buster. 
beaten down a peg somewhere in heaven or hell. Buster Keaton's like, no, I didn't. I was a comedic genius. Um, you know, the chaplains of the world, or there was only one chaplain. Um, Humphrey How Bogart. How good have been his twins, though? Uh, uh, right? There was this his fucking brothers. twin that he kept someplace else. Um, Humphrey Bogart was fucking massive. You're talking about a guy who was in, you know, fucking what? Uh, I can't believe I just blanked. Maltese Falcon, fucking uh, Casablanca, fucking movies that nobody talks about anymore, but invented movies more or yeah. less. Um, the guy from, uh, from frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. Uh, Clark Gable, put that up on the board. Um, um, and that's you before think, you he, think... and that's before I was even fucking born. So, so, so that in that list, think about this shit. Uh, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, they were fucking huge in the seventies. Both of those oh guys, oh my god, massive. I mean, I'm fucking, I'm wearing his watch. You wearing a Paul Newman watch? Uh, I think. Who's fucking his own watch or the Daytona, a brand no, of the watches? Day, hang on, who raced cars? Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Wait, is it fucking Paul Newman? Or no, you're thinking God of Steve it. McQueen, another fucking legend. Steve McQueen was a legend. Yeah, Steve McQueen was a legend. The fucking you got to count the guy that you went to Gold's Gym with, Arnold. Ar I, I said in the car to Leanne, I said, "Is he the biggest action star we've ever had?" Got to be. He has to be. I mean, I know a lot of people always want to put him in there with like Sylvester Stallone, but like, and Sylvester Stallone certainly did action movies, but Arnold did exclusively action movies with the exception yeah. of a comedy here or there Twins. he was never like uh i want to do a think piece you know i want to do a piece that shows my vulnerable side the dude was in movies do you know what he said to me today which Sorry. i thought was groundbreaking well it blew, blew my mind is i said did you when you did those movies did they plan that because you were kind of like he was like the the predecessor of say the line and then that's the catchphrase for the movie yeah. and he goes no they're all accidents i said what do you mean and he goes that tracks he goes uh I wanted to say I will be back, and James Cameron was like, "No, it's I'll be back." And he goes, "Yeah, but I, I, I would say I will be back." And he goes, "Hey, man, I write the movies, you act in them. Just say I'll be back." He was like, and, "I don't do contractions." Yeah, and he was like, "Okay." And then he goes, "I'll be back." And so he goes, "The movie comes out, and I'm walking in New York. Someone's like, Arnold, say the line." And he goes, "What line?" And he goes, the, "I'll be back." And he goes, "From what?" And he's like, "I'll be back." And he goes, "Oh, I'll, I'll be back." And he goes, "No, say it like you did the movie." He, and he, he goes, had "No awareness." I'll be back, and they go, "Yeah." But like I thought that was fucking crazy that you wouldn't that you wouldn't pick your catchphrase and then he goes and then he got to the point where he was like Steve so was like and then we were like uh he was like I, and then it was like catchphrase like I put the knife in the scale and the guy goes stick around. Yes. Oh then it became like, Yeah, then it became a thing. thing. Yeah. But do you think So really we gotta give credit to Jim Cameron. Because Arnold Cameron. would have meant like I will be back and nobody would have remembered that. Do you know do, do you know that Oliver Stone wrote Conan the Barbarian? Yeah. God yeah, I know that. Isn't that amazing? It's fucking crazy. I met Oliver Stone. Conan, what is best in life? What's the, what's the answer? You don't know? No. It is the sword uh, or the pussy. to, uh, <laughs> to what is it? It's to, to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of the women. That's that line from Conan. <laughs> I just saw that, but I watched it on silent too. <laughs> <laughs> I watch, Please don't watch my movies on silent because you'll turn them off. They're all dialogue oriented. Um, I watch them in silent out of respect for your character. <laughs> nice, class, excellent pull. The That's uh, right there. The uh, well, what was I just gonna say? Fuck. Um, no, I forgot. I'm so bad. I think I'm getting early onset. I'll segue into something else. What? Uh, just because I got to promote something. Did you? I heard you went on. You did a cruise. Oh, you and Jay are doing a cruise. We're doing Jay and Silent Bob's 2024 cruise out of Miami. There you go. You How many days? Four days? Miami, three days. Miami to Bahamas and then back. And we're at like 70% sold right now. And we have like 10 months to get there. But 
You did a cruise. No, no, I, I haven't. I haven't done it yet. You are you in the process of? Doing yeah, it? we we did it. We were we were doing it in October. So you've sold it already. It sold it. Sold yeah. out. And it's you guys. You got the whole boat. Got the whole boat. Are you nervous? No. You're just like this is exciting. Oh, this is like a dream of mine. Yeah, this I love the of idea mine. of being trapped in one place with all these people. The oh. only thing that I don't oh, like, I love it, is that like you got three thousand people on the boat, but there's no three thousand seat theater. So basically, sometimes you're competing against yourself or people you brought on the boat. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm so excited. You have no idea. I've I did the Impractical Jokers cruise. So I used to do my buddy Cowhead out of Tampa. I know Quinn, man. Yeah. Oh, Ka- who? Cowhead. Yeah. Ta- uh, Mike Calta. He's out of yeah, Tampa. Yeah. I fucking love that. I'm not just saying that, yeah. but like one of my favorite fucking broadcasters. He's the best. Mike Calta. Him and his crew came to reboot, but he bowed out at the last minute but his guys were there yeah but i one day i went in and did his show and like fucking just he's, hung out he's all day. he's absolutely wonderful he really is i've known him for 20 years i met him i met him at the improv on uh, the weekend he got married him and his wife like before they went on their honeymoon went to the improv it's a small fucking and world it's so weird that he's, I, I he's like one of that my guy. best friends he'll be at the premiere he's coming out to the premiere is he really yeah are you coming to the premiere him. no okay. until you invite me oh uh, yeah oh yeah oh yeah put that please, on the board yeah, when is board. it the 24th, 25th, 24th, 20, 25th. I'll, I'll be here 25th. for the 25th. 26th, I'm going to be back in Jersey doing, we show Jaws and then oh. at my theater, and then we show Red State, the movie I made on the 27th and 28th. I'm showing what I call Jersey Girl, the Snyder Cut. It's the longest cut of Jersey Girl with all the Jennifer Lopez in it that we had to cut out and shit yeah. like that. But I'll be here on the 25th, so I'll totally go, where's the premiere? Did you know, were you shocked when they got back together? Not at all. Really, she. I, I've never seen. I've never met two people more in love than those two. And the fact that they even fell apart over the course of twenty years to me was confounding. When they came back together, I was like, "That makes absolute sense." And I went to. I was at the wedding, and so afterwards, the next day, you know, they had like kind of the after reception and shit yeah. like that. And um, you know, at the wedding, I saw them from afar, but I wasn't like ah and shit like that. The next day, the uh, first person I saw when we went to the like breakfast thing was Jennifer and Jennifer grabbed me and she was just like, do you remember when we broke up and like I came to your house and you were talk- talking about Ben and you were like, you can totally count on this guy. She's like, he is a white knight, man. He will be back for you. And she's going like, when we got back together, we started like referencing that. And I was like, you remembered some bullshit I said 20 years ago? And she was like, it meant the world to me. I I always thought they would wind up back together. Yeah. Like, we made jersey girl you couldn't find two people more fucking in love and so the fact that they got back together and like it just makes absolute sense it's a very romantic story but like they they were kind of meant for each other i wish she keeps him honest i love him and matt i signed up for meaning like you know i there's certain people that i think as a kid or a young adult you sign up for and you go all right that's my guy yeah he's my movie star Tom Cruise, he's my movie star. Right. Brad Pitt, he's my movie star. I remember Legend, uh, not Legend of the Fall. River runs through it. I saw it with it on a date, and I went, "That's my guy." Like I, I love the that fly guy. fishing movie is what I did it for that you. Fucking movie. I him, loved, him, and- I love that he gambled and he dated a Native American, and like he reminded me of my best friend, who was the little brother, who was a little wild. Oddly enough, my best friend, my best friend ended up killing himself. So it was a very similar, Seriously. tragic, yeah. But but just different just went to a beat and i was like that's like signed up for him matt and ben yeah i uh i saw matt i saw ben affleck in uh 
in a movie where he took steroids. You just refused to TV call him show. Ben Affleck. Yeah, I know. <laughs> ben Affleck. He took TV shows where he yeah. did steroids. It was this TV movie they did. It was yeah. an after school special. And Matt Damon in in uh, in uh, Courage Under Fire. Jew gets bullied. Uh, school ties. Yeah, school ties. And so, can I just be your translator yeah, in life? Please. <laughs> <laughs> so, you should run a game show where yeah. you give out alternate titles, and then people are like, have to buzz in and be like, "That's school ties." School ties. And I and when they when they when the whole story, the whole thing, I was living in a house next door to where they wrote that movie. I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. up up on Glencoe. Yeah. And um, and that movie came out. And I went okay. I literally. Are you said, talking about Good uh, Hunting? The 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 autistic guy who is a janitor. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't autistic. He was, he was just autistic, really smart. Right? No I way. Think that's, I don't no, think he was the only way you're smart is if you're autistic. No, I don't he think that's regular. If anything. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Do you know I like helped that movie get made? Right. Yeah. My name's yeah. in the credits and shit yeah. like that because I brought that into Miramax. Yeah. Because they could not. They sold it to Castle Rock and then Castle Rock wanted them to use one of the partners in Castle Rock, Andy Scheiman, I think his name was, as the director. And the boys, like, he had directed, I think, Little Big League or something like that. But the boys were like, eh. And so they didn't get it made for a long time. And then finally, Castle Rock was like, look, we'll give you two months to try to take this out and sell it. Because they sold it as a spec script. Yeah. Now, like, if you could set it up someplace, great, we get paid back. But if not, it comes back here and we're putting Leo and fucking Toby in it. Because the boys had made part of their deal that they would be in the fucking play. Yeah. And so Ben Affleck, or Ben Affleck as we call him. Um, we had done mall rats and, and shit like that. And he was like, Hey man, I wrote this flick with Matt. Was this and I before knew or after chasing Amy? Before chasing Amy. Yeah. So the weekend, the, when we, when we, when they came, when Ben came in to audition for mall rats, I had read the Hollywood reporter or variety piece about them selling the script. So my first conversation with Ben was like, Oh shit, what are you doing in here, man? You just sold the script for like 800,000 bucks. He's like, how the fuck did you know that? I was like, well, it's in the trades. He's like, you read the trades? I was like, yeah, of course. I would, you do. I mean, why would I not read the trades? But I blew him up because I was like, that's fucking huge. Why are you auditioning for the likes of Mallrats and shit? I fell in love with him on Mallrats because he is such a fucking fun, one of the funniest people I ever met in my life. You I'm so and glad. me, Tom Segura, Joe Rogan, are lucky that Affleck never turned his eye to stand up because we would really? all be fucking... Legit, one of the funniest people I've ever met. In my fucking I, life. I, I'm so glad to hear that. That's a guy's like one of my. He's one of my like, like heroes. Not hero. That's a wrong thing. But like Mine one too. of my one of my guys on the mountain where I go. I fucking love him. I root for him. Mine too. When he when he falls off the wagon, I kind of wish I was there that first night. Anytime he falls off the wagon, so, so you can have fun. With just him the first night. Not when it gets bad, but that first night where right, he's right, like, right. Oh, I forgot why I like this, and you're like, yeah. yeah, you don't want to be a part of that. Uh, yeah, I know. I know, I know. There's a couple of people I like to fall off the wagon with, but uh, he is—he's absolutely wonderful. One of my favorite people in the world, and I've made what nine movies with the guy over the course. That of That makes career. me so fucking happy to hear that. There's a guy who next when you make the machine too, he plays your dad. I think, I think I'm older than him. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's how good of an actor yeah, he is. Really, people will believe that he's your father in that movie. He's—I honestly, I think he's—you know—at one point in his career, he went movie star, right? Where he was like doing. Movies and Matt was doing like the acting, yeah, picking he's directors still my Batman, carefully by the and way. shit. Ben, he's is? my Batman. Um, I, look, I love him as Batman, but Michael Keaton's my Batman. Matt, I'm, I'm a Keaton, child of the seventies yeah. and the eighties. So Michael Keaton was my Batman, but like the darkness of Batman. Yeah, Ben can Ben's got and that. And Ben also has one. Of, I mean, which you got to give Zack Snyder tons of credit for. One of the best cinematic Batman sequences ever made is in Batman v Superman when he. Busts into the warehouse and fucking takes takes out twenty people. Yeah. He like 
fucking shoots the thing into the crate and fucking smashes the dude's face with it, knifes a dude in the fucking shoulder and doesn't say stick around, you know, just <laughs> call back. Yeah, he, those guys, those guys were like, it makes me too, happy that, that to whole... hear you, you say. A lot of people like be like jealous of those dudes and be like, "Fuck those guys." Oh no, I it's see. Nice okay, that signed on. And so I, I have, I do something different in life than like, because it's very easy to say "fuck that guy" or "fuck this guy." I try to celebrate the. Th I try to find shit I like, right. and then I root for it, and then I get excited as it as it succeeds. Um, I didn't do that until. Later in life, a fan explained it to me and about, he was like, you know, I'm a fan of yours. I don't know if you know what that means. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, you come to my shows. And he was like, no, 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 no. He's like shirtless, drunk. We're in West Palm at a meet and greet line after right. my show on New Year's Eve. And he's like, smaller dude. He's like, I work construction. I'm not athletic. I'm not into sports. I'm not going to get married. I don't have a chick. I get prostitutes. Like, wait, he probably didn't say that. But like, he's like, <laughs> he's like, but that's why I draw. Right. And he goes, he goes, I picked you. He was like, I, you, I'm a fan of yours, you and so me, when good shit happens you to you, cry. I get, I, 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 it feels like good shit happens to me. He goes, I don't have a lot going on in life, but when you succeed, I feel like I succeeded because I picked you. I haven't met that guy, but I've met that guy I who love, say that yeah. thing to you where you're just like, you, you're, you're their avatar. They're playing you in life. Yeah, and like the compliment that I've always loved so much from the beginning of my career to even to now, is when they go. You're doing it the way I would have done it if I was ever in your shoes. Keep yeah. doing that and shit. That's like a, people who are, to borrow a very trite phrase, ride or die, they make you their guy. I, 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 that means a lot. That's oh. the only way I still exist in this fucking business. Not because I've had enormous success. I never have. But I've had a very loyal audience that's been with me like, hey, man, I went to see fucking Clerks with a girl like when it came out. And we've been married 30 years and we got four kids. You're the fucking yeah. reason. Shit like that. It's like you become a part of their lives. And Dude, when that compliment I went, means I went everything. opening weekend when you did the movie Ben and Matt Have Wings. Dogma. Dogma. Um, <laughs> but like. like so. That should be the title of your next book. Ben and Matt Have Wings. Yeah. <laughs> Why I love celebrities. <laughs> but like. I, like because Wings. But like I, I you've been which could be a completely different movie where Ben and Matt go to a bar and just see a bunch <laughs> yeah. of hot wings and talk. It's like yeah. my modern day my dinner with Andre. Thank you. <laughs> the uh, but like I, yeah, I like I like liking shit. I like liking shit. Celebrate. Shit. I, like, I like. Don't be the guy that's ever like. <laughs> let me tell you what I hate because life's too fucking short and there's no shortage of motherfuckers out there, especially especially online to tell you what they don't like. Be the one that champions things. Yeah. Be the fan of things. I like to be, like right now I'm trying to get into a band. Like, cause I, I like. Oh, like not into a band. Like I want to be the lead no, guitarist. No, 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 no. Like <laughs> enjoy the music. <laughs> I was like, cause I believe you will be able to do that, Bert. You've accomplished so much that you can really just manifest yourself into like, I don't know, Red Hot Chili Peppers or something like that. I just, D I just DM'd them yesterday. Did you? <laughs> I was trying to. Get them to come to the premiere, and then they're the like, yeah, yeah, because I was like, because I'm a fan. <laughs> Why don't you offer to be their guy that, like, in the Mighty Mighty Boston, just dances behind them? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, with a sock on my cock? Yes. I look good with a sock, sock on my cock. cock. You can pull it up. The uh, the You can pull it up. Put that I'm on sure, the board. Put, put in Bert's sock on his cock. I bet it comes up. The No, I like liking shit. There's a band called Goose. Have you heard of them? No, I don't know. And, and they're playing After Me the Night on Red Rocks. Okay. Uh, so I do Red Rocks, and then there I am with a sock on my cock. My God, do you know you how hard are. it is? Do you know how hard it is to keep a sock on your cock? Rubber band or no? Uh, uh, top stick. Is that what it is? I had to top stick all my cock and balls. 
So just like uh, like uh, when like uh, what toupee tape? Is that what it is? Because I know tape. it from movies. That's how they they'll mic you. Like sometimes. somebody who has a bunch of cleavage. That's how they keep the cleavage from popping out. Is top stick. Really? Yeah. There's a little movie inside for you right By there. the Put way. Put that in the work on the, fucking Fat Astronauts. The only thing I'm really regret about the machine. I'm really happy with how it came out. I loved it. Not At the nudity. first, there's no nudity. Good. I fucked up. Good. You know, that's not fucked up. That's good because when you succeed, nobody will ever be like, wow, you had nudity in the movie. Oh, You did real? it yourself. Yeah. You no. earned it without the nudity. There's, now, Fat Astronauts, nothing but nudity. Oh, it's going to be a lot of nudity. <laughs> a lot of nudity. And Tom's Certainly like, Tom's like right in kissing scenes. I'm ready to hook up with other chicks. Is that right? <laughs> he's, he's figured out the secret, the backdoor secret. He's like, I want a sex scene. I want a kissing scene. We're going full Buffalo 66, baby. What's Isn't it crazy that I remembered that name of that movie? I, yeah, that didn't As get like to, the uh, movie where Chloe, Chloe blew Chloe's, that dude. I was <laughs> what is uh, the dude's name? I, uh, hold on. Hold on. So wait. Hang on. Don't no one say it. So there's a song by a band called uh, Wet Leg. Have you yes. heard it? No. Okay, hold on. It's a great song. Uh, it's called Wet Dream. Okay. Uh, and in it, she says, uh, I was in your wet dream driving in my car. Come back to my room. I got Buffalo 66 on DVD. You said, baby, do you want to come home with me? I got Buffalo 66 on DVD. Oh, I do. I think I do DVD. know this song. I think my kid me played up. this song Count me. me. I'm sure they do. So I said. How weird. I said, I what is I that did, guy's I name? I saw that lyric. What is that guy's name? Hold on. Hang on. And I couldn't remember it. Now, I, was, I, I could Google it right now. Right. But I said, hold on. This is how I'm going to find out. If I am starting dementia, I'm Fair going enough. to see if I can figure this out. And I sat for a month because I listen to the song a lot. And I go, what is his fucking name? It seems like his first name would have like five letters. I know of, it. Uh, hang on. I know it. Hang on. It seems like his first Four name syllables. would have would have a, a vowel, a, a consonant, a vowel, two consonants, and a vowel. Too long. And then I'm on the, and then I'm on the plane yeah. to fly to Australia. There. And my brain goes, Vincent, Vincent Gallo. Gallo. Well, I figured out his name. I went, Vincent Gallo. And, and I at that so point, excited. you're like, I'm going to live forever. I'm going to live forever. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm never Your gonna brain die. is that good. Vincent Gallo, he's an interesting, he's a New York dude. Yeah. Like that look is a New York East Village dude. Yeah. But the cautionary tale from, from Vince Gallo's story is don't get a real blowjob in a movie. Yeah, that was the cre creepy part is that yeah. he really made her suck his dick. Or not made her, but he was like, I think that it happened at all. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, that's crazy. I think that's called. Now a there porn. have been movies where people fucking have sex during the movie. Apparently, like you mean off screen? No, like on in the screen? movie. Like uh, the rumor was Angel Heart. Remember that movie? Uh, uh fucking Lisa Mickey Bonet Rourke and, and Lisa Mickey Bonet. Rourke. Yeah, and the rumor was always that they actually had sex. I don't know how true that is, but like in Jersey, we heard that rumor. Mickey and when Rourke. I got into the business, I still heard that rumor. I'll tell you a Hollywood moment. Yeah, I was driving through Beverly Hills, and I see Mickey Rourke. Walking out of a liquor store with leather pants on, a see-through, like a mesh tank top, and a case of Heineken putting into the back of a Cadillac DTS. That's a lot of detail right and there. And I, I, I wonder if that is a, Are you a car I guy? If that's a picture I saw in, in, as opposed to something. Because that's a lot of detail. Could be a that photo as opposed to an actual memory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you manufactured I, that I memory. Thought, <laughs> I, I, I might have fucking seen it in a fucking magazine. <laughs> Say it, say it all. Say it all so that, they can Google that. it. Uh, Vin, uh, Mickey Rourke, Heineken, Cadillac DTS, uh, leather pants. And mesh shirt. Mesh tank top. Are you a car guy? Nah. 
because that knowing what car it was is, de- well, is so, a detail beyond a bridge too far. Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I know. I think I saw it. I think I actually saw it. So that happened. I think it life. happened. Uh, I it wasn't went, a fever dream. It was when real. I, when I met Leanne, I went to go buy a car, and I the, the, back in the day on Wilshire, there was a Chev, Chevy dealership and a Cadillac dealership across the street. Mm. And I looked. I was looking at. I wanted a Yukon Denali, and then. They walked me across the street to look at the Escalade, and then in looking at the Escalade, the one guy goes, "Can I tell you what Adam Sandler drives?" And I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "I want <laughs> yeah. to hop in the DTS," and I hopped in a DTS. Okay. He goes, "I just sold one to Kiefer Sutherland and Adam Sandler," and I, and immediately I'm like, "I'm fucking buying this car. I'm fucking buying this car." For that reason, yeah, yeah, which yeah. one was Adam or Kiefer that pushed you over there? Uh, Adam. It was Adam because because I've always longed to be a grown man, like to to sit in a sedan. And be like a grown up and listen to Steely Dan or the Dead and be like, yeah, man, maybe even smoke a cigar in my own car or a joint and just be that guy. You have achievable dreams. Bert. I do. I'm, yeah. I have that's smart. That's smart. <laughs> and a so, lot of people shoot the moon and you're like, I just want to be a guy in a sedan smoking a cigar, listening to Steely Dan. And so I. You can make that dream happen like now. I can do it tonight. Yes. I got my car down there. I bought a, I bought, I bought a, uh, I bought a big, I, the big Mercedes and I got a chocolate interior because I'm a grown up now. Like I'm a real so grown up, but I off. almost bought that car. My wife was with me, and the guy was like, "I was like, I think I want this car." She was like, "Hey, you're not a grown up yet. Like, get the cool truck. Like, get the truck." Right. And so I went back and got the truck, but that DTS was like, it was a Hollywood second when, when, when you guys, when, when, like 20 years ago, that DTS was like a cool. I've made it. It almost felt like the Cadillac gave everyone one of those. And like, it's a, it's a. Like a two door or four door sedan. Oh, it was a four door sedan. Type in Cadillac DTS two thousand. I'm so not a car guy. Uh, I'm not a car guy either. God, you're just like fucking like Rogan has a guy that. That, that pulls shit up all the time. Look at that car. It's a slick fucking car. That's the car. Yeah, it was a slick fucking car. It's like a mom car. It's a mom car, but it was fast as fuck, and it was super. It was a real sedan. Wow. And they stopped making them. They started making smaller bodied cars, but like Adam Sandler and Kiefer Sutherland had one. And that was it for you. you I just like, was like, "That's credibility, well, right? You know car me. credibility." Yeah, I've been uh, an SUV guy for for many years. When I when Clerks got sold, they it wasn't one of those like Sundance movies where they paid me ten million bucks. They I, I made it for twenty seven thousand five hundred seventy five bucks. They paid me two hundred twenty seven thousand dollars for the movie. A hundred grand of it went to blowing it up thirty five millimeter specs because we shot on sixteen, and then the rest of it I got to keep. However, the rest of it. Went to paying off the twenty seven five seventy five, but that also included interest on the credit cards because it was all credit cards. All credit cards. But then I paid the cast and people that worked on it. I paid my mom and dad everyone back for a loan. Everyone, everyone worked for free. For free. Uh, paid back Scott Moser's dad. He lent us money to make a print, and he was real legit. He made a sign a contract with fucking like interest and shit. He wanted us to learn a thing. Uh, and then with the money I had left over, I bought my very first brand new car because I'd always had hand me down cars yeah. and beaters what did and you shit. Buy? I bought a Dodge Neon. Cause it was like, it, don't fucking laugh. <laughs> it, I, I'm no, I'm no Adam Sandler or Kiefer Sutherland. So it, I drove that proudly, proudly for about six months until one day Scott Mosier was like, "You realize this car is made primarily of plastic and rubber?" <laughs> and I was like, "Isn't that what most cars are made yeah. of?" He goes, "If we get in an accident, we're dying." So Mosier bought uh, a um, Ford Explorer, Ooh. and when he got that, he was like, "Now if we get in an accident in this car," 
we're probably going to walk away. Yeah. And that that's changed. What I've, that's why I've always thought that. That changed my thinking about it. Suddenly I was like, don't buy the cheapest car. The one that's going to embarrass you in public. Yeah. Buy the car. And that did not have chocolate interior. It had what like was cloth the, seats. What was the car across the street from your house? Was, oh, I drive for the last shit. 10 there was years. A, there was a, there a was, Lincoln Navigator. No, no, no. There, back in the day, like probably, probably 15 years, 20 years ago, maybe, there was a car parked across the street with a cover over it. Right? I've never covered my, my cars. That um, seems a little bougie to me. No, I know it was like an old car. I thought it was an oh, old car. I'm so not a car guy. So yeah. I, that was not me. But I do have vague memories of a car with a cover in yeah. our neighborhood. But that was definitely okay. not me. Let's go back to uh, my house that you're going to buy because that would make my life so much easier. Oh, uh, fucking buy in a heartbeat. I want that fucking house my, ever since I moved to Hollywood. Done, uh, done and done, dude. I fucking. Oh my god! It, it if, provided if, if, when if, we got it. When we bought it from Affleck, it was like the party house. And like when when we came into the it house, it was the party house. It was the party. It house. was the two thousand one July. He was uh, we were shooting Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and he was between the sum of all fears and some other fucking movie. And he had like a that's day not to it. Give You're us. not going to be able to Google it. It's not that. You're not. Gonna... I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> yeah, don't don't go Ben's current house because that's a fucking massive <laughs> yeah. mansion. Um. L.A. Presa, but yeah. Oh shit! There's my house right there. Yeah, it's got it's great fucking, fucking it's windows. It's a fucking badass fucking house. It's a really wonderful house. He, it was a party house for him. God when we damn first, it. you realized, you realized the fuck up we made. We should have made that our podcast studio. Do you know how fucking? It's badass, never too late. If we, oh my god, it's never too late. You know, what's so funny is my wife has a dream of becoming a real estate mogul. Oh shit! Yeah, my wife grew up really poor. Like, so like uh, in the houses where you. You, uh, they, they, you, they drive the house to you, and then you kind of add on as you make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, she was like went to grade school barefoot. Like she was like really poor. Was she Floridian as well? No, 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 uh, Georgia in the foothills of Appalachia. Appalachia. Oh shit! Yeah, and that so, is barefoot country. It is like they don't get mad if you call them a redneck. That's a compliment. Right, if you right, call right. them a hillbilly. They go That's like, wow, like I ain't no hillbilly. Flip a table. Yeah. Shit. Uh, she, um, but. That she wants to be a mogul, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna soft sell it. Buy that house soft for sell your it. Wife. We go downstairs. I'm gonna be like, it'll make my life so much oh, easier. So look at, look at that beautiful. place. Look it's at how so fucking beautiful. When we went into it, oh, that ain't part of it because I don't remember this at all. That <laughs> section right there, but that's that's definitely yeah, it. That's the sky view of it's got a pool on the roof. Yeah, um, so fucking badass. We went to visit that house while we were making there. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Ben was like, come to my house, and so we, I went to this place. It looks like a fucking French hotel, and I was like, what part do you live in? He's like, this is all mine. I was like, get the fuck out of here. So he tours me and my wife throughout the house. He goes, yeah, but I got to sell it. And I said, why? He goes, it's right on the street. He's going, so anytime somebody comes out of the house, paparazzi take pictures. If I walk out, paparazzi, he's like, I need a yard. I need a driveway with gates and shit. And then he had to go take a phone call. So he steps away. And my wife is like, I want this house. Really? And I was like, well, then you married the wrong guy from fucking mall rats. Cause he seems to be doing very well at shit. <laughs> but Affleck sold it to me for what he bought it for, even though he put a million bucks into it. Really? And for the first year I lived there, renting it for five thousand a month and he's like rent it until you can buy it then when you could buy it whatever you paid me in rent will take off the top of the purchase price i love these good stories about him he's a good dude i love these good stories about him would it be I tacky love... to say how much that cost how much the house cost me way back in the day no it's not so it was 2002 2002 we moved in 2003 I... I was able to buy it take a guess 2002 you moved in 2003 you i would say you bought it for I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to guess three point five. I'm gonna say that it is uh, less than half of that. It was oh, a one point six million dollar home. Oh my god! But again, it was two thousand and two. Oh 
Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. So there's my fucking retirement. I mean, I'll never retire, but like when we sell that house, hopefully we sell it for like what the current market value what, is. What is it? What I, I'm, I'm going to be zillowing it the second. We get off this. <laughs> do it. I it's my favorite thing to do. Zillow? When you zillow. Oh, I zillow people. That's Anytime a very, I go it's to a very house, young thing to do. Like my, my kid and her boyfriend. My kid has her own house. By the way, she lives you're, in you're, 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 Your daughter got the cool name before it was cool before anybody knew what it was yeah she was named harley well she still is harley quinn and people would be like what do you ride and i'm like no it's named after the joker's girlfriend and in, in comics and animation <laughs> yeah. and people would back away but then yeah once that character broke people were like oh shit oh you pulled it um, up on zillow she likes to zillow her like the kids today they don't go to Pornhub. they fucking zillow they just oh, like yeah. oh my god look how much this house would cost if we bought it which to me is like shopping like I like buying. Shopping is yeah. like we walk around and be like, "That'd be nice." I, I I go to the mall. I go to the food store. I buy. I don't shop. The I was not good at buying. Like, I didn't even. I don't think I saw this house before she bought it. I this don't, house? Yeah, I don't think I because the Leanne, secondary podcasting house. Leanne just was like, "I'm getting it." Smart. And she was like, she was like, she just knows the real estate market. Yeah. And she follows it. And she, her, and this, she has a woman that they do this. They they'll. It's our real estate broker, but they're a team. The two of them. Right. I mean, they the girls. I was on the road one time. The girls called me and they go, um, they were like, "Hey, we're at the beach. We want a beach house. Can we buy one?" And I was like, "I was like, no, we cannot." And Leanne's like, "We can afford it. Can we get it?" And I was like, "Hold on, I haven't even fucking seen it." And they're like, "Do you trust us? We're happy." And I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, whatever." Did they buy the beach house? They ended up not buying that one, but buying a better one. And what is the beach in question? Uh, Oxnard. <laughs> That's not bad. I love Oxnard. Yeah, that's I nice. love Oxnard. But I, 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 that fucking house is the, your house is the, is the one, I actually just took someone the other day. Your life will be complete if you buy that house. I just took someone the other day and said. Uh, it's the house and, with the big green door. That's what we call it. God. Actually, to be fair, we've been in that house 22 years. Affleck lived in it for six months and we still call it Ben's house. That's what a big figure he is. Do you is. think I'm going to tell everyone I bought your house? I bought Ben Affleck's house. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. You go back. I'm wondering who he bought you it from. You never mentioned it. And people be like, did you just buy it from him recently? Be like, I don't know who had it, but somebody had it after him. You know who had it before Ben? Who? Terrence Trent Darby. No. Yeah. Are you serious? Wishing well. So I bought that on cassette, record, and CD. So I figured like I owned a piece of that house before I ever walked into it. What's Terrence Trent Darby doing now? He changed his name. <gasps> no. It's not Terrence Trent Darby. I, that wasn't his real he name. He transitioned? I think, no. I think he just oh. went back to what his real name was. I think that was a stage name. Oh, oh. Terrence Trent Darby. God, look at. This is something I know. In, in fucking. I've been podcasting since 2007. Oh, my God. Oh, it my God. It never occurred no to me to have somebody fucking. No wonder he changed his fucking name. There it is. His name is Senananda Francisco Miatieria. But it says born Terrence Trent Howard. So, obviously, that was his real name. Oh, why would he change it to something more difficult to spell? Why Terrence Trent Darby became, it was that or death, he says. So I guess he wanted to get away from Terrence Trent he's Darby. On, he's only 60 years old. Yeah. He's still he, young. He was, I believe, the first owner of my home. Type in net worth. I'm dying to see what he's worth. In that tacky, I remember I did that, that I did that. No, no, but it's close. Is it really? Well, sometimes. Type I, in your net worth and see how close it is. I'll tell you what, my, I'll tell you what it is. No, two Isn't million. He's got two million. It. He's gonna have more than that. Yeah, I feel like that's yeah. that seems low. I did this with uh, do do Bert's uh, net worth and let's see how close it gets. I'll tell you, I know my net worth. We just got it done the other day. Did you really? How it's does a, that happen? How does one get your net worth done? My uh, well, my 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 business manager Tom Segura. Yeah, my business. <laughs> sat me down and he goes, "Here's how." No, it's not even close. 
Uh, so what does this say? Eight right. million. Higher or lower? Oh my gosh, so lower. It's, it's literally, no, it's higher. <laughs> it's higher. It's higher than with that figure up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, uh, but uh, they tell you, you own this house, you own this house, you own this house. This is what you own these houses. Yeah. This is what you have in your retirement. This is what you have in savings. This is what, and they went through and they, and then in a pie chart, they tell you where all your assets are and then they tell you your net worth in the center. And so when you say you own this house, you own multiple homes. Obviously, you My, own at least Yeah, we, two. we have, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Leanne's looking to buy another house. That's what you guys do with the money. Buy houses. Smart. We don't invest in anything. We just buy houses. Smart. And so. Uh, Why wasn't I that smart? I, You know, listen, I'm fucking, whatever you're doing right now is what I'm going to be doing in 10 years. So I'm going to just fucking follow. I'm going to be selling my houses to a fucking. To some guy who was like, I used to some, pass by your house. Some guy who's got a late night talk show. And yes. things will have changed. <laughs> All right. What did we forget? What did we not talk about? Uh, oh, Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. The most important thing I wanted to talk to you about. Go. So you recently went in mental health facility. Mental health facility. Yeah, I lost my mind. I had a complete break with reality, and I went to a place called Sierra Tucson in Arizona. Not far from, did you say you're going to Red Rocks? Yeah. Isn't in, that in Arizona? No, no, no. It's in Colorado. So there's a Red Rock in Arizona. I just, I keep, I've passed it lately a lot. So I was like, oh, maybe that's the Red Rocks that people play at but that's in colorado yeah 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 red rocks is in colorado i'll be there in october guys get your tickets at burr, burr, burr. Com. well um, done i'm, I'm well assuming done. it's already sold out but just if it isn't there's still general mission tickets so um, wait, were you smoking were you smoking weed at the time uh when i went in yeah but i didn't think that was my problem I, I don't think it was your problem either i know you don't smoke weed anymore yeah once i was in there for a month like obviously you can't smoke weed in there and when i was getting out i was like you know what like i'm fine like i haven't done it for four weeks let me see how long i can keep going so Right now, I think I'm at 16 weeks weed free. Uh, by the Sooner way, I went, or later, I'll start I went, doing I'm not it. A in big, I'm not a big weed guy. Well, I, mean, I was I a massive weed, weed guy. I know you are. I but was, I, I, went through, I went through and pulled out. I, I had to go through the house and get all our weed because I was like, I guess we're getting high today. And then, and then Christine was like, oh, he doesn't. He hasn't smoked weed in 2023. 20, and I went, oh, for real? I was like, okay, that's cool. Is, I, go, uh, I guess I'll work out tonight. It's, <laughs> what an option. It's been, uh, yeah, 16 weeks weed free. So which is go, how many months? 16, four months? I, don't know, I feel like I have kids again. I do have kids. Doing math. I still and shit. have kids. When they, they I met go, one downstairs. Yeah. She was like Tusk. Yeah. When she when they go, he's 16 weeks, and then that's your. I used to have a joke about it. That's what your wife would say. She's 16 weeks, and then that's all you knew. So people go, "How old are your kids?" You go, "16 weeks," and you use that, and then they're like, uh, "She's three years old." You're like, "I'm 16 weeks." Is that not, <laughs> not three years? She wears a wristwatch. So, uh, so that was always my determination of how old a child is: is do they wear a wristwatch? And that's no when that's them. when a, a sixteen that's when a kid who's measured in weeks becomes a child <laughs> yeah. becomes a human today. When I'm a man. Her, that's a kid's bar mitzvah when they wear a fucking yeah. watch. So, because so, I feel like, from what I've heard, uh, I feel like that mental break that you had yes. is coming around the corner for me. You know, honestly, it's not the scariest thing in the world. If you're burning the candle at all ends, and then you're buying a candle factory and lighting that on fire too, and I, I suspect, like me, that you're just like, hey, man, things are happening. I want them to continue happening. That's That was life for me since, like, the moment clerks happened. Yeah. And people go on vacations, and I don't do that kind of I thing. I don't do that either. Like, I, just I don't understand work, people who work. don't work. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. But it may, it could, I'm not saying it will, but you may wind up at a place where you break. Because people aren't made to work as as often as we do and it's not like the work that say our i don't know what your parents did but it's not like the same work that like my dad did where my dad hated fucking work yeah, and he dad. would do it and he would come home and then 
he would not think about work at all. He would leave it there. His job was just a thing to pay for what he loved most in life, which was his wife and children. Um, wife and child, who I absolutely fucking adore, though, uh, were secondary to work. Like, I was like, you don't understand. I, yeah. The chances that this shit was ever going to fucking happen for me, I'd have a career, yeah. are fucking one in a billion. So I ain't going to fuck that up, and I'm going to keep fucking going. So yeah, okay. I'm you're always saying, you're saying everything I've said out loud. People go, I remember Chris Hardwick. Shout out to Chris Hardwick. I hope this doesn't throw shade on him. But he goes, don't you think it's a little irresponsible for you to have children when you work as hard as you do? You shouldn't, shouldn't you be home raising your children? And I was like, I was like, I don't, are you speaking a different language? What are you talking about? Yeah, like yeah, in my head, I was like, I don't. I don't, I don't a little, that sounds a little judgy. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I remember. You can find the quote, whatever he said. I remember going like, I remember saying, and I've always said this: dudes go to to uh, Afghanistan for two years, yeah, with families. With so family. like, so like, I justify me working hard is like, everyone works hard. And, and, and I want to work as hard as I want to work. And I don't understand people who take breaks off. People go, I need time off. My assistant has not had a day off since he met me. Right. My wife has to tell him, you need to go home. And he goes, but he works the way I work. And it's just all day, every fucking day, from the second I wake up till the second I go to bed. And, but the thing that I heard that you were said is like you were having a hard time distinguishing who you were versus who yeah. you really were. At a certain were. point, I, like I always kind of chalked it up to there's me, the authentic me, and then there's the other guy, which is the one who goes up on stage. And uh, while I was in there, I realized that uh, I was being kind by saying there were two of us. That I've identified 10 different facets to my personality, all of which are always trying to grab for the wheel at any given moment. Um, the other guy was the, the one I eventually let take over. Um, I went on the convenience tour from like, um, September to December and I probably shouldn't have gone because there was something happening in my life that I probably should have stopped and taken care of my head and heart. But instead we had like a 95% sell through and I was like, I can't fucking, we got tens of thousands of people waiting. I'm not going to disappoint them. Plus. I wasn't the only one making money. There were other profit participants in the thing. So oh, I was like, if oh, I don't go, oh, okay. yeah. I'm absolutely fucked. I make people money. Them. I make people money. When I go on tour, I make 18 people's mortgages. Yes. That's the thing. It's like, it's not just, I don't just support myself and my family. I, I fucking, I've been supporting a lot of people yeah. for well, a lot of Well, and I'm not even counting years. agents, managers, lawyers. Yeah, I'm not counting about those people. I'm talking about 18 people yeah. are, are get on tour buses and get in, S and get in uh, uh, semis, yeah. and those eighteen people work for fucking four months and then get their nut. Like yes. it, and that happened to me when I did the pandemic tour. I did a tour during the pandemic, and all anyone said to me was like, and it, it, it made my heart swell. But like, you go to a place and do big fucking guys who move stages and lights are like, Bert, this is during the pandemic. Thanks for the work, buddy. Yes, of course. And I, so I there was no going. fucking work to be had yeah. for those cats, and the fact that you would go out there and do the work means that like. You're putting food on the table, not just for you and yours, but for people who come up to you and say hi and thank you, who you'll uh, never fucking see again. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of responsibility in being like the chief breadwinner. And I don't just mean in a family. I mean like for this, the trickle down for the amount of people that you take care of is a responsibility that you haven't even come to grips with yet. Mm -hmm. um, to stop means it stops for so many other people. For everyone. And they don't like, it's not like a negative thing where they're like, that's my meal ticket and shit. But that's how they live is off of you. And you get to do the things that you love. And I could tell 
that you do these things not be out of a sense of responsibility or not because you're like, I got all these mouths to feed. This would be shit you'd be doing for free yeah. if it wasn't uh, your job. I or did if do all of it work. for free. I did the podcast were all for free at one point. Me and Tom's, even this one was for free. My cooking show was for free at a, for a very long time. Right. And my, and my, and I did stand up for free when I first started. I would, I even paid to get on stage at some places because that's the way it worked. Right. So yeah, I understand all of that. And you have no idea how closely it hits. There's a scene in the movie where they asked me, um, they asked me to, uh, it's like a pivotal scene in the movie. I hope everyone goes see the movie. I won't, I'm not going to spoil or alert it. May 25th, May 26th. May, 20, May, 25th, May 26th, Memorial Day weekend. It's in the movie theaters. Go to the machine.movie. When are you coming to Smodcastle Cinemas to show it? Fucking, that will happen. I'm going to make that happen. This is the beauty about having a in team. In New Jersey. And now I I can just go to Christine. Can you just set that up and then we'll do it? Done. Be lovely. When are you next, when are you east again? Uh, tomorrow. To do what? To do uh, press. And then... Yeah, do press and then go down. I do drink champs in Miami. I'm really excited for that. What is that? Drink champs. It's fucking hip hop podcast that they only really talk to hip hop guys technically, but I'm a big fan and I'm a bigger drinker. Right. So like I'm like saving up to go for drink champs. It's it's That's uh, genius. Um, but uh, there's a scene in the movie where they asked me if I could. Uh, I mean, the, I, I don't want, I can't even tell you about it because it's, it's, it's a very pivotal, what you went through is a very pivotal thing in our movie because I, I am fucking, if you're asking me who I am, right? I do not know right now right? because I know I'm the machine. Yes. Like I know I'm Bert, yes. but like, I don't, but it's so fucking, it's those, you know, you know when they, when they go, when you go to the doc, the, the vision guy, the, the doc, ophthalmologist and yes. he goes, he goes, better i feel like we're stuck here and i, I don't know middle. what i'm seeing i don't know who i am anymore it's always important what i've learned is it's always important to hold on to the authentic self once yeah. you kind of let that slip in favor of one of your facets of your personality the one that like fucking works the one that you turn on because i i think like me you are your job but at a certain point you nobody can be that at a certain oh. point that is something you turn on Oh, and yeah. for me, it was like I, I referred to him as the other guy, and he, I always saw him as like a fucking Muppet with rivets that opens up, and then I sit inside and I fucking control. And when I had my break back in January, it was basically I opened up the other guy looking for the authentic me inside, and the authentic me wasn't there. And I thought either he'd gotten so bored with how much how much I worked that he fucked off, or worse that the other guy had just burned the authentic me for fuel to get as far as we got. So you have to be very fucking careful. I'm not telling you to pull back by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you got a movie coming out and stuff. But yeah. there has to be, and, and I say this, it's so easy to say, but it's so very hard to do. Even since I got out of the place, Fuck. I still continue to work. It's like there has to be a moment where you're not working. And I don't mean like, oh, that's when I watch Veep. I, I'm talking about taking time off and and i say that and i still can't even fucking do it myself I, lately yeah. i've been like burning at both ends again but more like my mom's been in the hospital in florida so there's been a lot of trips down there while you know um fucking i'm still trying to work while we're putting together the next movie while i'm um working on my fucking marriage because like i went away for a fucking minute and shit like that while 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 you know it's just a lot of fucking plates to spin at the same time and that's how i wound up 
in Sierra Tucson. Now, it wasn't the worst thing in the world that probably saved my life. Having a break with reality probably saved my fucking life. If it didn't happen, I would have eventually hit a wall. I do a lot of fucking driving up on Mulholland Drive, one of my favorite oh, places to fresh. go. Um, but I would, you know, when you drive, you're dissociative as fuck because you know how to get to a place. You're not really using your brain anymore. Yeah. So you're just on autopilot and shit. Add to that, I smoked a fuck ton of weed, which is also very dissociative. So when I was in Sierra, as I was going in, people were like, make sure you talk about the driving. And I was like, what, that I'm a great driver? That I can get you to LAX in fucking 10 minutes from my house when really it's a 40 minute ride and shit? And they were like, no, how nobody will drive with you anymore. Because it got to a place where, and still pretty much lives in that place, where everyone in my life stopped driving with me because I drove like I didn't care whether I lived or died. Now, in my head, that's not suicidal. Like, I'd never felt that I had suicidal intent by any stretch of the imagination. Trigger warning, sorry, I'm saying it too late for those out there who suffer from that sort of thing. I just felt like, you know, I, I, I drive like it's a video game, and I don't even play video games. But what they told me in there was like, that's unconscious death wish behavior, Kevin. I was like, how? Just because I like to fucking drive, not fast, but not have anyone in front of me. They're like, if you're doing 105 miles per hour around blind curves and passing people on my haul and drive, yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's, that's unconscious death wish behavior. My kid, who's always been something of a canary in the coal mine for me, she was like the last one to step out of the car. And she was like, you're going to get me killed. And I was like, don't worry, I never die in a car, as if I know that sort of thing. Yeah. And she was like, well, that doesn't account for me. Maybe you live through the fucking accident that you're going to put us into, but maybe I, on the passenger side, fucking don't. She's like, I love you, but I won't drive with you anymore. Wow. So it, it's... I, I can easily dissociate. And once I step in, okay, that's one of my facets of my personality. I call him Road Kev. The moment I get in the car, like this guy that you're talking to, who, to be fair, I've tried to be entertaining, but I've also been giving authentic Kev this whole time. Yeah. I haven't had to turn it on. Um, that's, I generally save for the stage and stuff. And, and by the way, it's not like I want to eradicate any of these. They're all essential, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, they're all me, but like, can't get rid of the other guy that's how i fucking earn can't get rid of road kev that's how i get places very fast in fact i got here in fucking seven minutes when the fucking thing said 18 so you know but that also means i probably jeopardize a lot of lives on the way here um it, it's important to know all the facets of your personality and it's important that the authentic you is always at the wheel when you want to surrender the wheel to one of those personalities that is far more effective at doing a thing than authentic you is, that's okay so long as you take the wheel back when you're done. For example, if you're gonna go up on stage and you wanna be the machine, you don't want fucking Bird up there, you want the machine up there, that's yeah. who they're paying to see and stuff. But at the end of the night, it's important that the machine goes into the back seat and Bert is at the wheel again. Okay, what if, okay. And mind you, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. This is just shit I've learned recently, and I'm at the beginning of my journey. Like, I'm at the starting line of my new me, not at the fucking, I'm not wizened, I'm not at the yeah. end of it, I'm not like Methuselah on the mountain. I've just learned some shit in the course of the last few months that I'm still trying to put into practice. But since you asked, it feels like maybe it's something you might want to hear. The long and no. short of it is when the movie comes out and does exactly what it's meant to do which is going to be a lot of fucking business and shit take a big chunk of time off i don't have that i feel you because i'm the same fucking person <laughs> I don't have that. but you gotta like otherwise you will wind up in that place and you'll wind up taking time off against your will 
Like you'll have to take fucking time off. Make I the would, choice. I would embrace rehab. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I said, you know what I said? I said to someone the other day. They said, "What's your dream?" I, I, and I, I wasn't even fucking. I was just saying it like casually. I said, "Well, what I'd like is I would like to do, hold uphold all my responsibilities. Right. I want to do all the press for this movie, fly out, do Rogan, fly back, do the premiere. We're gonna live stream into theaters on that." that wednesday we're gonna live stream or thursday we're gonna live stream into theaters that's cool so people can watch the live stream from the red carpet and then i want to go up to the front of the theater before the movie starts thank everyone i hope you enjoy it and just as the lights close i want leanne to put chloroform over my face yes and i want to wake up in a facility five days later yes and they we put you in a coma yeah uh your body's well rested now. You haven't drank in five days. You uh, your sleep's doing good. You lost some weight. Uh, we gave you hair transplants, and uh, and I hope you're I hope you're ready. You got a really busy month. Here's coming the up. thing: you can make that dream come true. Just like the fucking I want to sit in a sedan and smoke yeah. a cigar and listen to Steely Dan. You have the ability to make that. I dream feel like come true. okay. I'm gonna because best thing about that going into that facility, aside from them helping me find my lost marbles and saving my life. Was they take your phone and your laptop away? Uh, I just uh, okay. I said that's I, something uh, you'll never surrender on your own. I I swear to God in the car today, I said I may get rid of my phone. I may get rid of my phone because I think it's fucking me up. It's a wise choice. It's and Leanne I mean, goes, and you know it's impossible to do, but like being forced, being it's like you can't stay here and have that. It's against HIPAA rules and shit yeah. like that. I feel like a good thing. You ready for you ready for my analogy of how I feel about me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's say that Bert okay. So let's say there's Bert in the machine, right? Yes. So Bert is uh is this lush flora forest yes. with all natural preserves. There's there's natural medicines inside there and there's gold or and like there's like all these great the land fruits of and milk the land and honey. Of milk and honey, and the machine is this um, colonialist like uh, imperialist that comes in, and he takes the stuff out of there, and then he goes, "They're gonna love this on stage." Yes. And then Burke goes, "But is that a good idea?" And he goes, "Don't fucking worry, dude. Have I ever fucked you up?" And I go, "No, no, no, no." And then the machine uh, shares all those things. And does and and by the way, it made it made great business. But there's times where I definitely so I definitely feel like if the machine stops taking, then the forest goes. But what are we just supposed to grow? And and if and and there's all there's other bad stuff that happens in that forest, like anxiety attacks and panic, and right. knowing that one day it goes black and I'm going to die. All that shit happens in that forest. So I got into a situation now where the forest is saying to the machine, "Can you keep going fast enough so we don't have to deal with the shit going on in the forest?" Right. Like, so I feel like I'm I'm working as hard as I can because I really feel like when I slow down, it is like the I can almost hear the monkey stop. You know, like, like, gung, 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 and then I hear him just go, I can hear him just go, sing. and he's looking, he's like, oh, we're we gonna, what the fuck are we gonna do? We're we gonna fucking sit like this for this Saturday? Are we gonna get high? Or what the fuck? What time is it? What can we, when can we have a cocktail? And then the machine's like, machine's like, fucking open Instagram live. Gong, gong, yes. gong, gong, gong. You I always have to be doing a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm my Instagram stories, I've said this a million times. People go, you, why do you, Rogan always goes, why do you post so many Instagram stories? I swear to God, when I turn it on, I have no anxiety. I, it's almost like I forget 
that anything's going on in my life or that something may be bothering me or something that is in my head and I'll get on and I get into the machine or whatever camera bro. It used to happen when I scuba dived. When I'd scuba dive, I would get severe panic attacks, but I'd do it for Travel Channel. Right. But if I saw a camera there, then I could get rid of the panic attack by playing to the camera. Because I go, no one dies in front of a camera. Oh, things are good in front of a camera. That's, that sounds an awful lot like I don't die in a car. Yeah, yeah. I, does sound like I don't die in a car. I'm t- here. It does this, sound I, like I don't die in a car. I'm, I'm going to tell you this uh, because everyone is on their own journey and you're going to get there how you're going to get there. But when it's time, yeah, I, I have no stock in this place. I, it's not like I have stock in liquid death like some <laughs> people at this fucking table. God, I wish I was that smart. When it's time, go to Sierra Tucson. This okay. place saved my fucking life. They're, they're very good at what they do. My, uh, my, my trainer. And I say when it's time because you're right, it is coming. It's it's, it's gonna it's gonna rear its head. Yeah, you can tell. It's gonna rear its head. I always say because always, you can't give up your favorite hobby, and your no. favorite hobby is you and your career. I because I, you and your career are interchangeable at this point. There was a point where I I never understood. When that's I was not young, criticism. That's yeah. just that's just game recognizing game. There was a point where I wa- I wondered. I was like, what is wrong with Dave Chappelle? Why would he go to South Africa? And then one day I went, oh, I get it. Yeah. Oh, I totally get it. I get it so clearly that I wanted to know. What flight did you take? Yeah. <laughs> and think about this. He did step away yeah. and came back more powerful than ever before. It was yeah. like fucking Ben Kenobi. He's like, if you strike me down, I should be more powerful than you could possibly imagine. When I was in Sierra Tucson, I had this kind of weird breakthrough moment where I was telling my trauma therapist, Kelly Park, she was amazing. Uh, she goes, um, she's talking about how I work so much. I would love to find out my trauma. Oh, you'll find out. You'll find out. I would love, I, was, I said, I was the only reason I take ayahuasca if I could really legit go, oh, by the way, this is the trauma you're fucking dealing with. Because yeah. everyone's defined by their trauma. Yes. Everyone. And it's not one. It's not like Batman where it's like, my parents were killed in an alley. It's a series of them. Yeah. And it's, it spans your entire fucking life. But um, I was talking about why I work so much. And, you know, for years people have been like, you're a workaholic. But I was like, to me, workaholism is they don't like their jobs. I love my fucking job. Like, That's why it's easy to do my job. But I I said, look, I'm not like Quentin. Like Quentin could make a movie, take 10 years off, make a movie. And when he makes the movie, everyone's going to come back regardless. I was like, I'm the other guy. I have to stay relevant. I have to keep going or else they'll f- fucking forget me. I'm and, not and Allie Kelly, Long. Keep Kelly going. goes, how do you know that? And I was like, well, I, and then I realized that was just some shit I made up in my head. I have no idea. I've never even, put that to the test so i don't fucking know if i stepped away for fucking six months a year or whatever the fuck that perhaps i'd come back and people would be like oh fuck we missed you uh ali wong pulled me aside at the comedy store one night sorry ali if i'm sharing secrets but uh and she said hey you know it doesn't go away and i said what she goes like the touring and the and the com it doesn't go away you need to take some time off and i went hey ali i'm not you like you are special you're really a brilliant comic i'm bert like i'm a fucking i'm a lunch pale dude who fucking i show up to work every single fucking day because that's what people do yeah and i and i i'm gonna bust my ass i'm gonna try to outwork everyone because i'm not as talented as you i'm not i'm not as good as you that's fucking exactly how i feel i have thought those thoughts yeah and and i go and here's I, the thing we'll never know unless we test it yeah and then yeah but then what if i'm sitting in a fucking building a fence two years from now going god damn it why the fuck did i listen to kevin i should have fucking well is it a fence around one of your many fucking pieces of property no fences because if that's the case did you ever have job did you ever have a job that you would 
when things would get overwhelming and yeah. you'd be sitting in some town car driving in some city and you'd be disconnected and you'd look and see someone doing something and go, man, how great would it be that guy? Just building a fence all day long. And I bet he doesn't take that to bed with him. I bet he builds it and he goes home. And that he has part, a yes. Cold beer. And then he wakes up and he goes, I oh, just got to get there by eight to start building fences. I used to be judgy about my dad because I'm like, you know, I asked him at one point, I was like, right before Clerks happened, I was, you know, I'd made the movie, but it hadn't been picked up or anything. And like, I had the temerity to fucking go deep with him. I was like, Dad, what did you dream about doing when you were a kid he was like what do you mean and i was like hey, you know i dream about being a movie maker what did you dream about doing before you gave up and he was like i didn't give up my dreams came true i was like well what were your dreams he goes i wanted to get married and have children and i was like oh so your shit happened at age 27 he goes exactly and so i was like i respect that but at the same time i was like anybody could fucking do that anybody could get married and have a child that's not I a dream not pull out yeah I was like, exactly <laughs> so i i kind of judged my old man for not being ambitious. And and you know, he hated his fucking job, but it was a job. It began and it fucking ended and stuff. And now years later, I realized he was the smartest man I ever met. He treated work like work. Like he was able to be like, it starts here. And then when it's done, I go fucking to my real life. But I always kind of oh, wow. like made myself feel like, well, you're, all your dreams come true and that is your real life. You're living the fucking dream. Your dad would never understand that. My dad understood far more than I ever gave him credit for. If, if I could ever pull something off like Scott Mosier, he's gone. The guy that produced all my movies and stuff. Um, he passed? Smodcast. No, he passed to a better world where he does not fucking beholden to Kevin Smith anymore. <laughs> he's fucking, he realized, like, I need my own life. And he's a guy that got there before I got there. He became mindful and was like, fuck work. I'm going to be me and shit like that. But Scott, um, he's so Buddhist, it's crazy. For example, he just sold this fucking script to Warner Brothers that they turned into this movie that's going to have Angelina Jolie and Holly Berry, and it's called Maud vs. Maud. It's like a fucking eight-figure deal or something like that. Holy shit. And I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, that's how, do you, how does it feel to have that crazy success? And Mosier said, um, he goes, you know, there's a Buddhist saying, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water and i'm like all right i get it i get it he's fucking so centered and shit but yeah. he gave me this exercise a couple weeks ago where he goes if you could do anything you wanted today anything in the world that's not kevin smith oriented that's not your job that doesn't involve fans what would it be and i was like all right and it took me two days to fucking think of anything what i finally came up with was i would i would hang out with my dad he's been dead for like oh, yeah, I said, yeah, nearly yeah. 20 years so I didn't know if that one counted because it's like he didn't say like dream up a fantasy. It's like something you could fucking do. I was gonna say jerk off in the ocean, but why the ocean? I don't know. Hurt. I was at the ocean today, and I just I jerked off in the ocean one time, and it was really cool. What about jerking off in one of your many fucking pools at all your estates that you have? <laughs> I haven't shit? jerked off in a while. It's been a long time. And I'm on testosterone. Wait. Yeah. You you have too much or too little? I, I was I had too little, so I upped it. It's a long story. Anyway, go and back. And that to, has prevented you from jerking off? No, I haven't needed to. Well, no, it's a long story, and I think my daughter's listening, so I'm just gonna. I think she's downstairs <laughs> listening, and I've already talked about fucking it's, a it's, flashlight. And I'm, I'm it's got to be. It's refreshing to find that you have lines anywhere. Well, that's well, that that's interesting. You say that because the machine borrowed from Bert at the beginning of this podcast when we were talking about flashlights, right? And he was like, he's like, oh come on, it's a fun secret, it's a good story. And then and then when you started saying this, I went. I went, you know, because one of the big things I did 
were the machine. I don't. It's it's crazy. It's interesting that you talk about this because it is it is a very pivotal thing in this in, our, in my movie, the machine coming out Memorial Day weekend. Uh, go to the machine. Dot movie to bring your tickets. The um, what's interesting is I unwittingly or or, or wittingly leveraged all my family's anonymity by doing stand-up. Like, I didn't realize how precious anonymity was. Explain. And so Isla, I've been, Isla, my wife, and my daughter, Georgia, have been in all my stand-up acts. So people right. know them very intimately. And so Isla went, uh, they go thrift shopping, her and her friend the other day at, like, some swap meet. And these dudes come up, and they're like, fuck, you're Isla. We love your dad. Dude, it's so cool. And it, you forget how awesome it is to be anonymous at 16. Right. As opposed to your dad made you famous at right. 16. Talk to my kid, too. I... I'm wondering if Isla that was and part Harley, of it. Harley could probably give Isla some advice. I, man, I, I made my family here. My kid goes, you know, just recently I was like, oh, I want to do this movie and I want uh, Austin to be in it. No, that's her boyfriend. And uh, I said he could play young me because it's like a based on me when I was a kid and stuff. And I was like, and you could be in it too. And, you know, 48 hours before she got back to me. And then she got back to me. She goes, you know what, Dad, I am going to do it. She's gonna be honest with you though, at the thought of being in another thing of yours, like I just felt like I shouldn't do it. She's gone, but then I realized like one day you're gonna die and I'll be sad that I didn't work with you as much oh as I could have God. and stuff. But she was like, it's just like you, I understand now. She's like, Austin helped me understand that you saying, oh, come do this thing, that is your love language. She's like, you do it with everybody that you care about. She's like, you don't hang out with your friends you make a thing and bring all your friends into it. You make them famous. That's you fucking put them to work. Like So you can't just sit in a room with people and be like, hey, let's just hang out and talk. And then they go home. Like You're like, well, that's wasted content. Why wouldn't you podcast it? Ex bang. Why the fuck would you podcast Bang. That has exactly been my thought process. Why would we have a conversation without a microphone in it? Because it's a waste of time, waste of breath. But she's like, I get it. That's your love language. And when you say... Let's do a thing. That is like you saying you love somebody. Tom, Tom and I haven't spoken without money involved in fucking that's, two years. That's that's Scott Moser. We don't Mosier. talk on the phone. Scott Moser, same fucking. fucking thing. At a certain point, Scott like kind of stepped away, and we were relearning how to be friends. Like, because yeah. my first instinct is like, well, shit, like come over and we'll record it. And he's like, let's just. Let's just have a conversation. Uh, Let's just talk. That makes me so uncomfortable. Let's just get mics on and get some cameras on and I fucking know. monetize that shit, baby. I know, because I'm like, everything we say I'm trying to monetize my sleep. That, that'd be smart. Yeah, I'm going to do a dream podcast where we coach people's dreams in, like, we put them to sleep, like the Calm app, and then once we get them in, we then take you on adventure dreams because you, you're listening to it. So, like, we are planning words in your head, like, and then we're all going to fight a dragon. I love that. And then we're like, you, well, but first, take a sip of Coca-Cola. This week's podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. <laughs> tomorrow morning they wake up and they're like, I wouldn't mind a Coca-Cola. I was like, you want to Coca-Cola? <laughs> Suddenly I feel very thirsty. Yeah, I had to, I, it happened to me with Pop-Tarts. Uh, I was listening to something on YouTube and it transitioned into the history of Pop-Tarts. Uh, it was... Uh, it was was it a it might have been a podcast on History Channel, right? And they told me the pit, history of Pop Tarts, and I was sleeping. I was sleeping, and you woke and up. and I woke up and I went, I want a fucking Pop Tart, and I'm I'm like, I need a fucking Pop Tart. I kept saying craving Pop Tarts, and I, I forget where we were. I forget where the fuck we were. It was the day I took a day off, and, and I went to a hotel room. <clears throat> well, and. <clears throat> I took a day off. I was losing my voice, and they got me a hotel room instead of staying on the tour bus. And I stayed on the tour. I said, "Thing, I go, I'm fucking craving a pop tart." Mm -hmm. And then I got 
Uh, and then I went on Amazon and I bought every flavor of Pop-Tart that they had Genius. and had them shipped to our house. And then that night I get in my bunk and I'm like, time to listen to a podcast. I go, ooh, how did I get on the history podcast? The history, the foods that made America. Oh, and then I was I like, that. oh, click, click. And then it goes, did you know that country squares were originally what Pop-Tarts? And I went, motherfucker. They incepted they got your in dreams. My head. Yeah. They got in my fucking head. To be fair, a Pop-Tart tastes like a happy childhood. So like you would not be wrong to want a Pop-Tart regardless. Uh, I introduced my daughter Isla to Pop-Tarts and literally minutes before you came, she's like, Yo, what flavor should I have? Because we got all the Pop-Tarts we have. Like, I'm fucking, I'm heavy into Pop-Tarts right now. Pop-Tarts. Pop-Tarts were stolen from, uh, they were stolen. Because the the company that came up with Pop-Tarts, the guys that did Country Squares, were so proud of their invention that they put a news breakout like, coming this fall, Country Squares. And then Nabisco's like, fuck that. We can do that. Let's make them. And so they made them. They and they took on and they released, pastries. Do you know where they got the name Pop-Tart? No. Uh, one of the big things at the time was Andy War Warhol's pop, pop art. art, and they just added a T, Pop-Tart, and they sold off all the shelves the first week they came out, and they had to restock, and Pop-Tart was worried that what what if Country Squares shows up now, they've already got it, we've, we've introduced them to them, Country Squares shows up, and we're going to lose our fucking thing, but Pop-Tart uh, doubled their, like, and they invested like something like $13 million in their production. To, I don't know why this is the information I retain. I, I here's the thing that I walk away from this with. I I had no idea Country Squares existed. Yeah, Country where Squares. are they now? Uh, they changed the name. Type in Country Squares. Do they have any market share in the no. toaster pastry? I remember seeing them on the on, when I was a kid. They were like the knockoff Pop Tart. I was gonna say it sounds like the yeah. Food Town or Shoprite brand of Pop Tart. Yeah, like, you know the no name brand like Country I saw, Square. I saw two Russian people newly to this country. I'm assuming because they were disgusting cereals. There were so many cereals, and they were talking in Russian. I don't understand. That's what's great about America. You walk into a fucking cereal aisle in any other country, you've got cornflakes, Rice Krispie, maybe two yeah. other choices. In America? Post, post made uh, Country Squares, correct? And then Kellogg made Pop-Tarts. There we country go. Country squares, squares are here. here. There they are. A black yeah. and white ad, and that's it. Yeah. Forgotten in history. I know. I heard the Russian couple was in front of the cereal line, and and uh, I think it's Smatrit is whatever it is it's the word for look okay and he kept he kept saying to her look 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 like there's so many like he's like the i can understand catch words and he, and they were trying to figure out what to do what to do and i was watching where they're pointing and then he was pointing to the bottom like go and just get those and then she was like no but there's like so many cereals yes. and i was like and i so badly wish my russian was better because i would have jumped in and go guys i know your language and trust me when i say I'm your cereal guy. Let me take you to a guide. And I'd explain all the cereals to them. That was the only thing, time I wish that my Russian was better. I um, have been a huge uh, cereal fan my whole life. Uh, perfect food stuff. But once I went, I'm not trying to be trendy, but I've been vegan since my heart attack. So for five years, I've been a vegan. It limits, like even my Pop-Tart intake, it limits because that shit they put on top is not vegan. Oreos, but Oreos. Oreos are perfectly vegan. Yeah. But you can get the Pop-Tart without an icing, without frosting. Um, like any of the fruit pop tarts, and they're totally vegan. Yeah, how how I tried doing vegan for like it was like forty five minutes, and I'm not being serious. Like it's I said, I made a bet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go vegan, and everyone we were at an airport, and I was like, I was like, I'm gonna go vegan. Fuck it, I'm gonna go vegan. That I know that'll be heart healthy. Right. I'm going vegan. I'm going vegan. So I get on the plane. And it was forty five minutes right before boarding. I kill my drinks. We get on the plane. I'm in first class, and we take off. And the lady says, "Can I get you something for lunch?" I said, "What do you guys have?" 
what, what do you guys have? And she said the two things, and I went, ugh. You know what? Can I just get the pasta with nothing on it? She goes, yeah. So I was like, really? She goes, yeah. I mean, I can do, yeah, we can do that. I'll just put the side on the sauce. I go, no sauce, just the pasta, a little butter. She goes, great. So I start eating the pasta and the butter. butter. I, I don't know what vegan is. <laughs> and the guy goes, are you, uh, what's, uh, what's wrong? Why did you get it like that? And I go, I'm vegan. And he goes, oh, really? I said, yeah. And he goes, you know, there's. Butter's not vegan, neither yeah. is pasta. I said, what? He goes, there's pasta egg can, and pasta. Pasta can be vegan. Yeah, and I no went, egg in it. and I was like, fuck. I was like, I didn't, I was tried really hard. And yeah. then that night, and then that, I kept, I ate, and then I fucking put the stuff on the pasta. I was like, fuck that. I'm going to enjoy it if I'm not going to Do you know what vegan. the fix is for that? What? Just don't eat food on a plane. Penn Jillette taught me that. Penn Jillette was like, you know, Penn Jillette's thing was he started <laughs> with the potato diet. And so he always carried around a baked potato, but he's like, you know, how long's a fucking flight? Five hours? He's going, just don't it's eat so anything hard. they offer. It's so hard. We think that Especially because we're not really hungry. We're not hungry, but we just want to kill some time on the flight. That's why I drink. Find a different way to, there you go. Drinking's vegan. Oh, yeah, I drink. Trust me, I do both. I, 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 I fucking fight. The, uh, the, I, the, what was the, what was the, uh, um, Oh, oh, I went vegan for a second though when I got home. Right. And I was cause I was like, I'm gonna do it. So I made vegan meatloaf. Right. Loved it. Do you like uh, beyond burgers? I uh, I do, but I'm I'm concerned about like if they are because my my cousin's vegan. Yeah. You wanna hear a story, funny story about another Don't vegan? Ruin beyond Paulson, aren't you vegan? For me. You wanna hear a funny story about a vegan guy? Yes. yes. This is a really funny story about a vegan guy. Fire. So over on uh, on Riverside, there's a bar called Pat's Riverside in Laurel Canyon. Right. And next door to it is a place called, uh, uh, what's the name of that place? Uh, AJ's. AJ's, AJ's Tex-Mex Tacos. Okay. They're fucking awesome. And Halston is vegan. And he goes, and so we go, and I said, I don't know what you can get, Halston. He goes, you know what? I'm just going to get the chorizo taco. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's really good. And I went, Really? I go, Halston, aren't you vegan? He goes, Chorizo's vegan. And I went, no. And he goes, yeah, it is. And we're like, no. And he goes, yeah, it is. And somebody goes, I think you're thinking of soy rizo. And Halston's like, Chorizo isn't vegan? It's <laughs> 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 like, you can fucking eat. It's ass meat. It's the, it is the lips and ass of fucking meats. And, and still very much But meat. the look on Halston's face, he's like, and someone's like, you're thinking of soy rizo, and Halston's like, fuck, I am thinking of soy rizo. <laughs> I've never heard of chorizo, only soy rizo. I'm so sorry, Halston. Oh. But you know what? You, the intent was there. Yeah. You know, it's not like I, I, you slipped, but it's not because you were like, fuck yeah. veganism. You, you thought you were eating something that was vegan. I did coke one time on accident, and I didn't, I didn't do coke anymore. My, we were, had those little bullets where, you'd, where you'd, 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 all, you'd put the coke in here, and then you'd turn the thing, and then you'd load it, and then you'd turn it back over, and, and then the, there was a little loaded thing of coke, and you hit it. And my buddies could not figure out how to do it. We're in New York. I was, I am now, not, not that I've had a coke problem, but like I definitely was like, I don't want to do coke anymore. I don't enjoy it. It's not fun for me. I've never done coke. Oh, it's so life. fucking great. Everyone says that. Ralph Garman was always like, you don't know what you're missing. Yo. <laughs> I can't believe we've hit, we hit a subject over which you're speechless. You're like, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's I don't like, know how, I can't find the words to express it. I turned it down people. five times in Australia. You were just in Australia. I was just as in Australia. I, I saw you. Did, five so times. wait, where did you do? Did you do the Sydney Opera House when you were in Australia? No, no, no. I did the arena, the arena there. Yeah, I know. I, can I tell you? I'm kind of bummed that I skipped over the Sydney Opera House. I mean, don't be. You're doing. I, I know, arenas. but it's it, it's so beautiful. It is beautiful, and it's so epic. But uh, it was I, the place I did was 
I will, I will say is way better. It was so much fun. It was fucking awesome. Uh, uh, the and you went. To, it seems like you went to all the places that we've ever gone to when we were there. Like, Adelaide, yeah. Brisbane, Perth, Melbourne, Melbourne yeah. uh, Sydney. We would did uh, New Zealand. We did Wellington and New Auckland. Zealand when yeah. we were there. And uh, so we were doing. I turned on Coke five times, but we were doing these bullet. They were had this bullet. I go, just show. Me, let me show you how to do it. So I, I go, guys, you got to load it, but you got to really pop it. So it's locked in there. And now hold it upside down. Now turn it and spin it. Now it should be hit. And when you hit it, you got to hit it like hard. Like, and I did it. And I went, oh my God, I just did cocaine. And everyone's like, were you not trying to? And I go, no, I was trying to show you how to do it. <laughs> and I had to go on stage that night. I fucking murdered. I was so good. I was so on it. I remember guessing what, uh, guessing people's names and getting them right. Like I was fucking on it. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't really fucking party like that. I have. I, I've. I've gotten the CT scan, so I have no blockage. You make sure they are zero good. blockage. My dad had ninety nine percent blockage in his widowmaker. I was. I had a hundred percent in my widowmaker. Can, how cool is it? How cool is it that you're still here? Yeah. They. they like, it's like. Uh, they told me it was like uh, in eighty percent of the cases where the patient has a heart attack, like you're having a widowmaker, the patient always dies. Yeah. But the doctor's like, you're going to be in the 20% because I'm good at my job. And he disappeared into my crotch and made magic. That's how they get you. They you're sitting your there now? Yeah. Yeah. My yeah. dad My dad had, my dad, this is. 99% blockage? Pussy. My, <laughs> um, yeah, that's, it's, they, they don't fuck around with that Widowmaker. No, and they, they, everyone told me for like the next, you know, it's, it's five years ago I had it. For the first two years, everyone I met was like, you have no idea how fucking lucky you are to live. Yeah. Any doctor I met was just like, you shouldn't even be here. Someone said to me, I told my dad's story, and he goes, you know what? Enough. I hear enough of those stories of guys going, I had 99% blockage in the Widowmaker, and I'm still here. And I, he goes, everyone says that. And I go, yeah, there's a lot of people that are dead that don't say that it. That don't say it. That don't say it at all. They don't you know, The ones it who do say it are, <laughs> are the ones, the that, ones that lived, and they're yeah. like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I can't believe I'm alive. But there's 80% of the people who have suffered that heart attack who don't get to make those, those bragging calls. If anyone's listening right now, there's one thing I can tell you, that if you go to a cardiologist today, you, you can avoid or correctively fix yeah. these problems and not have a heart attack, and it's so fucking important. Yeah. I've been going to a cardiologist since I was like 42, I think. Every preventative. Because no, you haven't had a heart, never had a heart issue. Yet. But my my father has had hardcore heart stuff. My dad's my both my grandfather's died of strokes. Right. So I I go and I'm on statins. I'm on blood pressure medicine. I'm on blood oh, thinners. So you're on all the shit I I'm am. On and all I the had shit. a heart attack. I had tw I'm on 20 milligrams of atorvastatin. I'm on amlodipine. Speak my language, man. Fucking uh, blood thinners. Berlinta? Like, Are you on Berlinta? Is no, it's that. No, no. I just take baby aspirin. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, yeah. Well. And so. Like St. Joseph's, this chewable, is, chewable baby aspirin. No, oh yeah, but they don't taste good. <laughs> I like them. It's, it, they they remind me of like St. Joseph's aspirin. They used to oh give the us white. Kids. Wait, no, I don't take those. I take yeah. the bear. Oh, oh the St. Joseph's. I remember those. They, they taste like, awesome. Yeah. The I remember going in to get my first CT scan, like my chest scan. Yep. And the and I and I was not in a good mood. I did not want to go to the doctor. And this older black lady said to me, uh, "I need you to fill this out." And I was like, Ugh. "She goes, what's the matter?" And I said, "I don't want to be here." She goes, let me tell you something, honey. The fact that you walked through those doors means they won't roll you through those doors. And if they roll you through those doors, you really don't want to be here. And I was like, fuck. And my good. dad said, my dad said, because he got his fixed, he got his randomly. He went, went in, they said, you're fine. And he said, you know, I just want to do like a, let me do a, a CT scan. I just, to be 
extra and say they did it. And then they said, hey, you have 99% blockage in your Widowmaker. You need to come in immediately, and we're going to do a stint immediately. That was 14 years ago. Wow. And my dad, and I, it dawned on me. That we were, I don't know how we got into it, but my dad said to me, can you believe what I wouldn't have seen in those 14 years? He goes, I would have never seen you succeed. I would have you never would have seen. You would have seen. How old is your daughter? Sixteen. So he 16, would have he, he, would have, the, he would have met your Isla when she was up that's until my two. Dad. My dad saw my kid up until the time she was two, and out, out, out he went. And it's and what half that happens? Everyone thinks they're not going to die. I'm not going to die in a car. I'm not going to die on, in front of a camera. Yeah. I'm not dying. Halston, what did you say today? The other day, I'm, I'm not going to die from chorizo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but this the truth is, you think of how much time. You've like you've gotten five years. Yeah, that you'll borrow time. I'm, I always said after the heart attack, I was like, I know I'm living on borrowed time, and my wife was like, that's fucking macabre. I was like, no, it's fucking true. Yeah, I was supposed to die in that room, and thanks to Doctor Leidenheim, I didn't. So everything at this point is like fucking bonus, dude. Well, but I'm, then I but then I, my fucking heart broke, and then five years later, my mind broke. Yeah. So I'm like, what happens in five more years? My dick break, my ass break, something's gonna break. I'm on track pretty good. My heart's good. My mind's. I'm I'm, I'm like probably two years off my mental breakdown. You I got get, some time. I got some time. You get a lot done before that happens. But also, the, it's so wise that you're on fucking hard shit now. I'm preventatively. hyper. I'm hyper aware. I'm very corrective. My wife's always said that. Like I'm very sensitive to like, oh, something's going on with me. I need to like, as I just, I, I like, I'm, I'm in therapy, and like, I, I, I can pit. I go. I, I need to fix certain things, or like, or like, I'll take time off from drinking. Go, you know, I, I need a break. Like I'm. I got to, like, my biggest thing is my weight right now. I just need to lose fucking weight. I wish I could fucking... You got a Bacchus thing going on. What's Bacchus? You know, Bacchus, the Bacchanalia? god of fucking, like, you know, parties and fucking drinking yeah. and eating and shit like that. Is, you know, and you're making it work. That's a cool thing. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you got your heart fixed and your head fixed because I'm so privileged to be able to talk to you. Vice versa. Thank you so uh, much. I, believe me, I'm, I'm leaving here today uh, walking on air. I had a good-ass fucking time. However, we started at what time? I have no idea. So are I you remember, fucking serious? I remember when I came in, they're like, uh, "You're you were gonna do two podcasts, but Bert doesn't have the time. He can only do one, and maybe you'll do another one another day." And I was like, "That's totally cool. We could have done three podcasts. We could have done three. Oh, yeah. you have to come back ASAP, ASAP to do the next. Uh, my, do Burtcast. I could talk to you forever. Vice versa. You, you're fucking amazing. I'm such a Vice fan. Versa. I've been I'm, such a fan I'm for so long. So, I'm so eager for the machine opening uh, May 26. Uh, tickets at what? Machine.com. Machine.movie. Machine. You can pre-order them. Um, I'm so eager to see what happens. I, I predict, and I, I don't think like I have to be a prognosticator to predict this. I predict it's going to do insanely well. I, from your mouth to God's ears. Kevin. No, no, I, I, you could feel it. It's in the air. Oh, please, please. And there's please. a lot of people like rooting for you. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. No, it's going to fucking punch through. Dude, I absolutely love you. I, I'll see you at the premiere. It, done and done. done. And, then, and, then, and then we're coming out. We'll do a, a smart. You heard Smod, it here. Smart Castle Cinemas. Yeah. Go get tickets at smartcastlecinemas.com. That show will sell out so fucking fast. Fuck yes. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. How buddy. often do you go to suburban New Jersey? Uh, where are your Jersey for, venues when you go to Jersey? Uh, Newark. Like, Newark Count Basie is that in Jersey? Count Basie is literally Red Bank. That's that's yeah, where Red James Bank. Red Bob Bank. Secret Sessions. You yeah, play Red Count Bank. Basie. Yeah. Count ba the Smog Castle Cinemas. Uh, Count Basie is where we started the convenience store. Had yeah. two shows that night. 
Um, Smart Castle Cinemas is like ten minutes from the county. Okay, yeah. Atlanta Highlands, New Jersey. I'm coming out. I'm coming out to, uh, to New York a bunch. So it, once I come to New York, I'll swing down, up down. To and it don't have to be like opening week of the movie and yeah. shit. You showing up at the movie, you can come six months later. It's still fucking selling. I wish we could do a screening before the movie came out. Fuck. I guess that's not how movies work, huh? That will put you in a yeah. I'm sure Sony might have something to say about oh, that. I didn't know you couldn't uh, share trailers before the trailer people saw them. Yes, I got in trouble for that. You put that up. You're like, like look at this. And well, they were the like, Dick. Was, the movie was sitting on a shelf, and I was like, I was like, it's and I was like, it's a good movie, and we got a teaser, and I was like, this is a fucking good teaser. I go, fuck it. I go, let me just put Aaron on Rogan. How mad were they? Uh, Pretty livid. I don't know if I if I'm them and you aired it on Rogan, I'd be like, I mean, fuck. Well, I, what happened is what seen. happened. I aired it on Rogan. I texted, Smart I play. texted one dude first. I was like, do I? Hypothetically speaking, if I aired this on Rogan, will I get sued for thirty million dollars? And he was like, hypothetically, I didn't get this fucking text. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and 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 then and and then I I, I cleared it by enough people, right. like soft cleared it, where I go, I don't think I'll get in trouble. And I didn't get in trouble immediately, but I got a, I definitely got a talking to. It's amazing how many people. And the talking to is. Slap on the wrist. Like, yeah. don't, come on, You're not allowed machine, to do that. don't do that. And then I did this. And, and they probably chastised the machine and not Bert, so you got away from Scott Free. Yeah, the machine's fucking. That's who you blame. You're like, fucking machine did that. And the Bert was the one. Bert woke up the next day and he was like, what the fuck did we do? <laughs> Are you fucking <laughs> out of machine's your like, mind? shut the fuck up. I got this. <laughs> the machine's like, shut the fuck up. We had a party on Rogan. We were fucking blacked out drunk. If I'm the head of a studio, even if I was like, man, I had fucking plans for that trailer. And you're like, we debuted it on Rogan. I'd be like, my plans are stupid. <laughs> You've debuted it at least in a venue where like it was going to be seen by the audience that is going to support it. Yeah, it was, was not uh, a dumb move. That was a smart move. Shrewd, yeah. very shrewd. Very I did strategic. it again. I did it again at the in the Tampa, the, the Tampa Arena. That's fine. Yeah, they were cool with that in a live space. Yeah. It's not like on the internet. Yeah, they were cool with that. And then uh, and but there there have been a couple times where they've been like, hey, just you know, you know, we do make big movies, and like you're not really yeah. good at this like you've never made a movie right. like i actually had that conversation i had i literally had that conversation you've never done this right. and this is what we do for a living right so like just giving you a heads up the thing you just want to do we have 40 people that do that right. so let's let them do that and i was like but what if i what uh, if i from from a guy who's been in the business 30 years in the movie business 30 years god god knoweth how I think you did the exact right thing. I, I I hope so. I hope everyone goes out to the movies. When the movie opens to $152 million. $152 million. Anything shy is a failure. <laughs> Anything well, don't shy. Say that. Don't say that. <laughs> okay, but above $152 million, it's a home run. Oh, my God. Above $152 million, they let you run the business, dude. Oh, can you imagine what would happen in my career if I made, if it opened to $152 million? I mean, well, what, what me, more me, do you, you want? Tell me, you tell me what would happen in my career if I if my Your wife be, buys five more houses that week. What would what would be the call I get Monday? Like, tell me who I, who would call me first. Um, Bob Iger, the head of Disney, is just like, please run our company. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, do me a favor. Go see my movie. Make it open to $152 million. Just so you can get that call. Trust me, I will make Hollywood fun again. We'll be doing coke on the Lakers court. It'll be fucking a blast. Make Hollywood fun again. <laughs> there's your, there's your platform. Make Hollywood fun again. <laughs> <laughs> Red hats. Make Hollywood fun Red again. Hats. Oh, fuck. You're the best, Kevin. Thank no, you for doing this. I was just going to say you're the best. So that no. rocks. Thank you, dude. Thank you for having me. Fuck yeah. Bert and Tom, Tom and Bert. One goes topless while the other wears a shirt. Tom tells stories and Bert's the machine. There's not a chance in hell that they'll keep it clean. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.
scripts, a bit of booze, amateur partology, dirty jokes, raunchy humor, no apologies. Here's what we call Two Bears, One Cave.